Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Because you've got powerful legs. How did you get the physique? Was it gym or how did you get the physique? Um, I've always been that She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I'm sure no one will mind. Move him out of here, Daryl. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual I love shit, <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Guglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a hand out. Boxing, um, Natters, Messenger Group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jade Bump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello everybody and welcome to the 535th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nuttos podcast. I am your host, Steve Wellings, and joining us on the call, we have Ozzy Smith, Andy Patterson and Matty DiGiallonardo going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The ad-free Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everybody listening through the week on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of August. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. It's all about the likes and subscribes, Andy, in this business. You've just informed me before we went live that we've gone over a milestone. 70,000 subscribers, is it? Or, or something, yeah, something we're like getting that? there, mate. We're getting there. We're breathing in the next, you know, the tight hype guys and all, like the three million subscribers. Now. Almost there, mate. Almost there. Almost there at 3 million, but thank you for subscribing, everybody. I think it's around the 7,000 mark. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Good evening to you all as well. We'll be talking a bit of showtime later on. We'll be talking a bit of... AJ Hellenius later on as well, because Matty, you've lobbied me hard, like the politician that you are, or once were, to start in a different area tonight. Where, where are we going to be starting tonight, Matty? Glendale, Arizona, at the Desert Diamond Arena. Oh, that sounds nice. Have you ever been to Arizona, Matty? Uh, I only bro- drove through like a little stretch of it on, on both corners, 
Um, it, 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 I need to explore more. I'm thinking, Steve, brief detour mm-hmm. of going out in December and catching the Bam Sonny Edwards fight. Going to be at the same place that uh, this was held. Oh, that'll so. be good. I'd say it'd be bloody hot there, wouldn't it? Yes, right now, fuck that. December, different story. 80 degrees, very nice. Well, that's, you know, Fahrenheit. 80 degrees to you guys probably sounds like hell. Yeah, the the rivers of hell indeed. It was hell in the ring last night, as you alluded to there. Emmanuel Navarrete getting a 12-round decision win over Oscar Valdez. Scores of 119-109, little bit wide for my liking. 118-110, more like it. 116-112 as well. Three legends at ringside, Mate, Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales and Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. What would they have made of this all-Mexican war? Oh, I think that they would have thought that it was a, a hell of a battle. Uh, where the uh, the judges' scorecards didn't necessarily reflect how good the fight was. The uh, the one sixteen one twelve, I do definitely believe was fair. Um, and then the, you get beyond that, it gets a little bit questionable. Let alone only giving Mister Valdez a round. But that's besides the point. This was a fantastic fight where Navarrete started out fast, landing those freaky angled uppercuts and uh, finding a clever home for the jab that would pay off later on in the fight. Uh, just uh, moving around at his weird angles, really filled into the weight well too, Steve. I I, I, I uh, don't know if you were as surprised as I was at how much bigger Navarrete looked in the ring yes. as Valdez. Um, and and for a lot of the early rounds, he kind of was able to boss Valdez. I think you know you get in the realm of what scorecards were fair. I think that um, there were some swingy rounds in there, and I think you could have came out with an uh, with a potentially even first half of the fight on that one if you were looking you never know um and then uh but uh a couple of good rounds in there i think it might have been the fifth round where or the sixth where valdez just started finding a home for that left hook was landing it clean as navaretti would come out of a crouch like i had said um and uh and then down the stretch we went middle rounds valdez really started to seem to find a foothold as navaretti finally started to slow down um but then in the championship rounds, Navarrete closing strong, uh, really working well in the 12th and final round as well. Um, but uh, these guys went back and forth, all action slugfest. Was it as good as the classics between uh, Morales and Barrera or, uh, you know, even uh, venturing into Marquez and Pacquiao? No, no, of course not. But this was definitely an incredible fight between uh, uh, two uh, two fighters of Mexican descent, Valdez uh, from the uh, greater Los Angeles area, I do believe. Uh, but uh, just a fantastic war between these two Mexicans where I think Navarrete was definitely a deserved winner, but the scorecards were just not right as far as it went. Um, this is, uh, I don't think it was fight of the year at this point in time. I got to say that uh, Navarrete's win over Liam Wilson would probably still hold that, uh, that uh, mark for me at this point in time. But I got to tell you, this was a hell of a good fight for anyone who hasn't had the chance to watch it. And uh, it uh, definitely surpassed anything really that we saw on the card uh, from the UK yesterday. Uh, Matty, you referenced Navarrete's weight there. We saw him last time against Wilson coming in clearly overweight. We know they fiddled with the scales. That seems to be 99% sure. Lacking the belly this time. The power seems to have traveled up. Looking at some of the other champions, we've got Joe Cordina, Oshaki Foster, Hector Luis Garcia, according to Box Live. Not sure um, if he's still floating about. Albert Bell is number two with the WBO. He got a good win there on Friday night on DAZN. Uh, they're talking about Valdez rematch, maybe. Is this Navarrete ceiling, given his uh, weight issues in the past? Is this as high as he can go? And what's he going to do next at this particular weight, do you think? 
I don't know about that. I mean, uh, you know, Valdez is a a, a very good fighter. Um, he's uh, got a sturdy chin. He's uh, what uh, prior to this he'd only lost to Shakur Stevenson, uh, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's really a tremendous fighter. Uh, so, and the fact that, that Navarrete was moving him around the ring, I think speaks volumes. The fact they look bigger speaks volumes. Um, there's some stuff that could be done at 1:30 that would be great. Um, we'll, we'll get into the, who Hector Luis Garcia might fight later on, uh, as we review the pro box card. But, um, I, uh, I, I wouldn't still at this point in time, cause he had to take off his trunks to make the, uh, to make the weight, Steve, this guy just seems oh, to be rocketing. He's I, I I only overheard the stories. I did not mm-hmm. have to witness the actual stripping down of Emmanuel Navarrete. Uh, but uh, you know, a, a chance that he might move up again. Um, and I think there was Bob Arum said that he's not going to put Shakur in with Lomachenko. I can't remember the specifics on it. I still would like to see Navarrete against Shakur Stevenson. It, it's I, I would definitely side with Shakur in that fight, but never ready with the weird fucking angles he throws from and the gas tank that he has. And you got to think, give if he's struggling to make the weight and he's throwing a thousand punches in a fight, man, maybe an extra five pounds could help him. I still think that's a very interesting fight. I would like to see it. It's top rank. It's not out of the cards. Yep, this is top rank. This is boxing, as the MC himself says. I would like to see that too, but Shakur Stevenson is on another level at the moment to most guys. Ted Barrett's on another level as well. Shout out to him. He says, is this pod clashing with the IFL live? No wonder we're only on 31 likes. Yeah, get the likes up, lads, for Christ's sake. Come on, get those likes up. Uh, Andy, great fight as it was. Joe Tessitore referenced a possible uh, Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales-style trilogy could be in the making oh, after God. this fight. It was competitive. But it's not competitive enough to warrant a trilogy oh. whatsoever. I'd say Navarrete would just beat the shit out of this guy three times out of three. Is that being harsh? No, I mean, because if you see the picture after the fight, you know, the, the picture said it's one it's one story. You look like there was one person who looked like he'd been been fighting against an opponent with a baseball bat, another one looked like he'd just been walking through the park for a for a day off. You know, Navarrete is a freak, man. How he's not touched up, I don't know, dude. He's a freak. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go as, as far as Matty saying it was a great fight as such. It was entertaining to a point, um, but that said, it was for me it was pretty one-sided. I felt, you know, it's just I'll, I'll give Valdez his credit. I'll commend him for his, you know, he took the punishment. How did you, know. you score it, Andy? Oh, I, I had it wide for uh, Navarrete, mate, about one seventeen, one one ten or something like that. I wasn't really like, officially scoring it, but that's what I would have had it. At. Um, so what'd you have it after nine? You probably had it six rounds to six rounds to three well, I had, I had at that a, point in time. I had, I had it on a Steve Wellington four speed at that point, mate. <laughs> um, we, we all know that allows for objective opinions. It does, but <laughs> at the same time, it sped up a wee bit as well, and you, you can see things a wee, a wee bit as well. I just think the punishment he took, Valdez, isn't he strong as you mentioned at the you know, at the weight? He looks undersized. Certainly, you know, Navarrete looked like he'd, he'd filled out at the weight. After the weigh-in, at least, that it looked thicker. Um, Valdez hasn't they looked the same since he got popped, and uh, he just struggled to pull the trigger there last night. I felt, you know, if you look at Navarrete, he was he was leaping in with his, his big punches, especially his left hook, very early doors. He was stepping to the left and leaping in with that was causing Valdez problems. I don't know if he's broken his orbital bone, but considering the punishment he took there last night, and if that is fractured, he needs to consider possibly retirement. Actually, at this point, I mean, he's early thirties now. He's had a long career. You know, he's yeah. had a few hard fights in there as well, to be fair. Butters has um, a pretty good comment on that one there, Andy. I think he that? nails that. He said, Valdez looks like he was the passenger in Spence's car crash. <laughs> I true. 
Aye, after the fight. Um, but look, if you want, it was billed as that Mexican war. It wasn't Morelos, you know, Barrera. It wasn't Salido against Vargas. It was a decent scrap. Um, and even though Navarrete was dominating, it, it, you know, the ESPN crew were just absolutely horrible. I, you know, I, I cannot stand Tessator these days, mate. They try to tell you, don't they, what you're seeing rather yeah, than what you're believing with your own eyes. They're they, telling you it was a classic and it was a, a competitive yeah. fight. They were, giving, they, were, they were landing punches for Valdez. <laughs> that was the thing. They were, the, the main thing you mentioned, the classic. You know, it wasn't, even though like Navarrete was dominating, they tried to tell us it was like close and we're watching some sort of classic and that wasn't what I was watching. I was watching a guy get his fucking ass beat at, at points in that fight, bravely trying to at times fight back when he could pull the trigger. But a lot of that was dominated by you know by Navarrete, and you know talked about a rematch at one point as well. The commentary, they, they're fucking nuts. And you got to think, I'm sure different you, levels to those, those fighters there last night, in my opinion. I'm sure if you were watching the fight, you know, and and like really scoring them specifically, and I won't even get in if you're doing it regular speed, but you probably gave the last three rounds to Navarrete, um, which would give you like a 117, 111. But if I you was... think, but if you think about it, if you're just one round closer than that one, and you see Valdez had fought his way back into the fight in those middle rounds, and after nine, you're at five four, and you got Valdez with some momentum, that's what made that fight actually interesting. I, I honestly think it was a smidge closer than you're giving it credit for, and Navarrete really bit down in the tenth round. To, to take that fight back. I, I thought there was a marked swing in momentum at that time. That's when he really started swelling that eye up when he could no longer use the right hand, which apparently was damaged. And he started just kind of getting that jab in there. Um, I, I, I think that he, you know, he, uh, if the judges were on the up and up, I think those, uh, he could have uh, very well lost that fight in the last three rounds, but I felt he bit down and won them on my personal card. I, th- I think Andy Valdez has been a good fighter throughout his career. Um, I remember. Oh, he's thinking, in the slide now. Like, I was going to say was... exactly that's what's coming to. But eleven years ago, he lost to John Joe Nevin in yeah. in the Olympics. But he is a, a beneficiary of the four. I'm going to say four belt era, more like the eight belt era, with all these belts floating about. The fact that he's sort of in and around world contention, I think he's solid top ten, maybe in his prime top five contender if we were down to the sort of one belt. I mean, he's a good, solid fighter. He give the best fighters a decent run for their money. But he's, I, I, I mean, people will give me pelts for saying he's not world-class. I mean, that's, that's maybe a bit strong. But, uh, you know, he's not a great fighter, is he? He's, he's a uh, decent that, sort of now, contender. Nowadays, definitely, mate. I mean, yeah. look, at the end of the day, just, just going back to the positive test, I mean, again, he played his innocence in that. But if you look at the, the Conceição fight, when, you know, he finished that fight quite strong during the stretch. Now, Matty's right. Look, at some point, he has, he has got pride. At the end of the day, the kid's, the kid's going to fight back at some point. And I agree that Navarrete turned it around. But I thought Navarrete boxed great, to be fair. To me, his, his performance was that good. He made it look easy, in my opinion. You know, it just it just was not the scrap that I was that I was led to you know, or promoted that or or was promoted to be basically. I did actually expect well I think I maybe picked last week Navarrete possibly to stop Valdez as well, possibly. Um that would just be the cherry on top because that's probably Navarrete's breakout win actually as well. You think about it in terms of names and star power or anything if you want to put that in it. But um I just I just think with, with, with Valdez, since he got popped, you know, he was that all action fighter and you know, he, 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 he you remember what it was all like in that type of thing, but he was the ultimate Mexican fighter in that. And it's just it's just all kind of fallen flat since then, I think. So um, you know, people maybe disagree with that that you know that assessment of that, but it's just just be, try to be honest about it and that as well. He just hasn't seemed seemed to be the same fighter. 
Um, definitely on the side at this point. And I think also as well, has has been undersized. I think if um, if he was able to make, uh, what was that, 126? Um, you know, it, it might be a wee bit of force that, but he's, he's just, just a fraction undersized for that weight. Ozzy, let's bring you in on this one, see what you're thinking. I thought at times Valdez, he tried to box, which he did against Bichelt. He seemed elusive. He had good head movement, yet his face was just absolutely busted up at the end. He landed left hooks at times, couldn't get down to the body because every time he sort of ducked down, Navarrete had the measure of him with the hooks and the uppercuts. The left hooks were landing, but he couldn't put a dent in Navarrete at all. He left the ring, as Andy said, Ozzy, pretty much unscathed. Navarrete did, yeah, absolutely, and, and I agree with Andy that it, it was relatively one-sided, in all honest, in all honesty. And I thought it would be closer. Um, we said last week about how the, the styles would gel, and I think that was fair to say that they they did gel. Um, I've seen a lot of wide scorecards, and for me personally, I agree with that. It was fully deserved. I thought he bossed the fight, um, and he was constantly just on the offensive and. <sighs> If anything, it was kind of a bit too much for any man to take, in all honesty. But he was quite elusive as well, and it wasn't, you know, just a case of a gungo style where he'd be willing to take one to land one. He was pretty defensively sound as well, and I think that owes to the fact that when he's coming out of the ring, he is unscathed, and, you know, we'll get onto it later. But Joshua, while he got the highlight KO, was he was busted up and had a bloodied nose, whereas it was the polar opposite for Nabaretti and... Again, I thought it was a solid effort from Valdez, um, but he was way, way short of making it, I don't want to say competitive, because I don't think it was a complete one-sided mismatch, but it wasn't far off. I thought it was there was a conclusive winner. I thought it was a good fight, certainly not a, uh, a fight of the year contender, but a fight that we certainly expected. Did it produce the goods? Yes. Could it have been better? Yeah, probably. But there was one resounding winner, and and that's what we do want. You know, how many times over recent years have we spoke about fights of this magnitude, and we go on about you know the judges' cards or poor refereeing decisions, whereas actually last night we can talk about the fight, we can talk about the fighters. There's no cloudy results. There was a, a resounding winner, and Navarrete moves on now. Uh, I think he's, in all honesty, I think he's a problem for a lot of the world champions. I don't think Joe Cordina looks at that fight last night and thinks, oh, I want to be boxing Navarrete. I think, in all honesty, he causes a lot of problems for, for Cordina. I mean, it says it all Cordina's looking at the winner of Lee Wood and Josh Warrington when actually he should be looking at unifications. And after last night, I think that fight, Navarrete and Cordina, just goes way, way down the line and Cordina will be looking elsewhere. As for Navarrete, you know, he's shown that he will he will fight anybody. I think last night, was it a career best performance? He's certainly up there and, you know, it's definitely one of his top five wins as well, particularly how resounding he did it. So, yeah, a great performance. He certainly showed more, you know, defensively than probably what he's shown before. He's got a really difficult style as well sometimes from where you can pick holes in little bits and pieces. But I think he's one of those people that will always be difficult to beat and he might well adjust to this weight much better now. Like you say, he was in better shape. You know, there was no belly on him. And yeah, it, it was a really good win, a really good performance. And I've no doubt he'll be looking for the bigger fights in the next two or three contests that he's going to have. 
I think as well, Ozzy, just before we move on to the undercard and then over to AJ and stuff, a couple of points. One of the people who gave uh, Navarrete his toughest fight in recent years uh, has actually now signed with top rack, uh, the top rank, sorry, a fighter who I rate, former good amateur, Ruben Villa. If he hadn't got knocked mm. down twice, that fight would have been a majority draw. And also yeah. on the way up for Navarrete, especially 2017, six fights, 2018, five fights, four fights. His, his um, amount of fights has obviously gone down recently. He only had He's only had two so far this year. But that activity on the way up, he was constantly in people's radar. He had an early loss, but he fought his way back in. And I think keeping sharp and keeping on the weight and, and in, the, in the ring helped him. Absolutely. And we always say that, you know, back in the day, it was easy for fighters to stay active. And now it seems the norm to have four, five, six months out between fights. Whereas Navarrete certainly, you know, he, he, he goes against the trend of doing that. You know, you mentioned then six fights, five fights, four fights, Name me, you know, world champions or, you know, fringe world level, you know, operators or just short of a world title that are boxing four times a year. Yes, he's only had two at the moment, but it wouldn't surprise me potentially if he gets out in December boxing again or maybe early January showing again that activity. And, you know, it's like anything, the more, the more you do things, the better you're going to get and the sharper you're going to be. And I think that goes to his, you know, his performances, that he's one fighter that has constantly stayed active and it's only helped him whereas we see other fighters that they'll go missing now it's like oh i need a holiday i need to do this i need to do that i put a stone on and then have to come back and lose the weight whereas actually this is a guy that wants to stay active wants to be in the gym and his fight and the fights that he's got on his resume show that and you know he may not have necessarily massive names you know on that cv but he's he's boxed decent people like you say, Ruben Beer there, if it wasn't for the stoppages, it would have been a majority draw. But that is a really good win and a guy that certainly in Beer that can go on and win a world title down the line. I've no doubt about that. So, again, yeah, a good, good fighter. Um, he's got, you know, this year now, you look at his two wins, Liam Wilson, which was, you know, a fight of the year contender without a doubt. And now Oscar Valdez. If he can potentially turn it around and get another, uh, another win in December, there's every chance this guy could be up for fighter of the year, in my opinion. Fighter of the year territory for well, Aussie there. Go on. Let me throw this out. I, um, mm. you know, even though, I mean, he completely phoned it in whatever bullshit it was uh, for Mauricio Lara. But I, I think, I think him against Navarrete is a hell of a good fight. I would love to see Mauricio Lara against Emmanuel Navarrete. Um, I don't put much stock into that Lee Wood loss. There was something weird afoot there. And um, I, I just think that has war written all over it. Four There's pound difference. Do you know what issue with the weight? Yeah, well, he could move up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Navarrete is at 130 pounds, and that fight was at featherweight. Yeah. And so, yeah. And like, yeah. So I, I don't think that's a big deal at all. No, um, I'm not talking about the deal, but was that no the issue in terms of um, uh, the other Mexican one of four? Lee Wood. L Lopez? Lopez, yeah. I don't know. Sure but then, um, I was just reading there as well, just before we came on, I forgot to mention it as we were talking there, but Navarrete had this trip down naked to make make the weight as well for this fight, so... I said that. Not a good, uh, not a good sign, is it? I know, he seems to be struggling no matter where he goes, doesn't he? Yeah, Lara was struggling with Wood, so uh, he could potentially move up and then fight the likes of Navarrete, if Navarrete... Hangs around at super featherweight. That could be a, a potential fight for the future. It depends where, what Lara is like promotionally, though, Andy, I suppose. 
given the fact that Navarrete is very much um, with top rank and Laura. I don't know, is he signed to the zone? Has Eddie got him on some kind of options, maybe? I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, that's a question some of the YouTube guys will need to put to Eddie if uh, they're too busy crawling at his arse, so, you know. So, um... yeah. He was an unexpected turd in the punch bowl of Eddie's plans, and however they were able to get him out of the way to make Wood versus Warrington, which is what Eddie wanted all along, I, I think they've you know had their fair use of uh, Mauricio Lara at this point in time, and I bet they'd split with him. I'd say they probably would. Uh, as for the undercard, Andy, I think the Raymond Muratala Torres fight being cancelled was a bit of a blow. I was looking forward yeah. to that one as chief support. They pushed up Lindolfo Delgado. He's not the most exciting at the best of the times. The Mexican fans weren't too happy with his fight against Valtiera. I don't know how much you saw of that. I got to round eight and gave up. Richard Torres on the other end of the spectrum going in against Willie Jake Jr. Torres is exciting. They did a promo before and they're definitely trying to push him. He can punch. He comes forward. He gets rid of these guys, which is a plus in our book. But the likes of Willie Jake Jr., man, it's hard to really ascertain Torres' ceiling when he's fighting guys like this. Yeah, I've said that for a wee bit, actually. I mean, he's been a pro now just over was it, 18 months, I think mm. it is. So, um, yeah, I like the kid as well, actually. Um, you know, a wee bit in his background and that as well. He's he's big in it. He's dancing and that now. He's, he's, he's been doing that Lomachenko route. So, he's trying to kind of better his footwork type of thing. I mean, the, the, the power is legit. That is one thing. Um, it's just a matter now the kid is getting his getting his, his development fights and getting moved at the right pace. But after what we've seen in the last 18 months, I don't think we need to be having any more of these type of fights not to pad the record. I think it's no time we could, we could start stepping up. I mean, obviously, they were, they were mentioning as well, I mean, top rank have signed Jalilov. I wanted, I wanted to discuss this, actually, as well, because Jalilov has signed pro terms with top rank. I'm sure after the Olympics it was, actually, as well, after these two fought, because Torres lost, uh, I'm sure it was the final, actually, against Jalilov. But the guy never seems to fight many pro fights, and especially under the top rank banner. And as I say, he, he won the, I think it was the World Amateur Championships at Super Heavyweight just a few months back there. So, um, again, I just want to see that guy active and, you know, potentially a rematch with NATO, you know, getting made at some point. But Torres is just obviously a work in progress at this point as well. But there's there's a lot to like, you know, as I say, that, that power has, has, has got the death touch all written and right at the top of it, like. He's excited about top rank signing Jalalov too. It sounds like he wants to see him down the line. Yeah, but this is the thing, though, mate. I mean, we just we just don't see Jalalov fighting pro. So how how can they actually market that as a potential, you know, exciting fight? If he's the, the guy's never seen, I, I, I can't remember the last time I actually even fought a pro fight. If anybody's got that info, he was on the wasn't he on the Showtime card? He fought some French, no Belgium Recently. Congo guy, didn't he? And beat the shit out of him. If that's the same guy I'm thinking of. Recently, I. I th- oh well, I say recently. Uh, uh, recently for us, Andy, you know what it's like. It could have been about yeah. eighteen months ago. I'm trying to look it up now. I'm sure he didn't. Then he knocked out um, Curtis Harper, who once walked out the ring. Yeah, his last That's fight was against Harper in November 2022, and it was Jack Mullawaye, a, a Congo based in Belgium. There you are. Right, well, I've seen him since then, mate. And he wasn't fighting pro; he was fighting right. the amateurs. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, but I says these guys are getting allowed to go back for pro in the amateur ranks, and still being allowed to contend for these these championships. Yeah. He's, fight, he's fighting an eight rounder in two weeks' time against the guy called Honoriodi Ewariemi. Well, you said they're getting six figures if they win these amateur tournaments. I mean. Why yeah. why wouldn't you? I mean, that's ridiculous. Ah, that's, still, that's not yeah, like that's not amateur. But anyhow, that's not. It's, like, it's it's like pro am basically, isn't it? But it's, mm-hmm. it's just recently they've started doing that. And of course, that that body that were IBA, IBA, sorry, there's no IBA, there's IBA. You know, there's, there's there's serious concerns about their governance and that, and there were real issues potentially about the the Olympic boxing that France France. I think it's next year. I think it's the next Olympics, twenty twenty four. 
Um, it looks like it's going to go ahead, but I don't know if it's going to under the, the same auspices as the as the governing body. To be fair, so watch this space. But I say it's just odd that you know for, for a guy who was obviously highly highly thought of coming out of the amateurs at that point, you know, Olympic champion, um, same pro terms with top rank who have always had like you know a, a good track record of building up these fighters and that, and make them into decent pros. It's just it's just went you know. Wait, how many pro fights has he had, Steve? Just out of curiosity. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I've flipping turned it off again. Now let me see. Oh, He's fuck. had twelve all knockouts. Twelve. Not, I can't I, even remember any one of them. It's two thousand eighteen, so he's been pro for six, five years now. So since since those last Olympics, which have been yeah. real. Yeah. yeah. Was it Tishenko he lost to in the? Was that the controversial? He lost to somebody, didn't he? In a controversial decision, or am I thinking of somebody else? In the Olympic final, was that Jalalov? Or was that I don't know. I'm used no, to no, it was. No, Jalov Jalov won that uh, Olympic right, final okay. that year, mate. It was uh, it was Torres he beat in the in mm. the final for it because he, he's a silver medalist. Um, I, I just don't looking... know if I want to live in a world where badminton is in the Olympics and boxing isn't. That that's a fucked up place. Uh, uh, anything on the undercard, Matty, from you before we go over to Wembley? I think it was Wembley. I, I didn't really pay attention to anything going on. I know they they had some stuff on before. Oh, I did see Fernando Vargas's son mm. Emiliano. Um, and he uh, went in, I don't know the guy's total pro record, but uh, his opponent had never been down before, had never been, uh, I don't think he'd ever been stopped either, and Vargas just beat the crap out of this guy. He uh, definitely, uh, for a 19-year-old fighter, tremendously skilled, has his dad's killer instinct, does it from both sides. I mean, His dad was class, man. I love Fernando Vargas. Yeah, and he's in the corner, so we're going to be getting some good uh, quotes from him here (laughs) and there. You know, uh, so it's... Um, I'm, I am excited about these Vargas kids uh, and their their pro journey because this uh, he, he, Emiliano is a vicious little fucker, and uh, for 19 years of age, uh, he he definitely shows a a great deal of talent and some ring savvy and and what he's doing in there. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but if you guys get a chance, I can't remember the, uh, the name of his opponent for some reason right now. But um, check out uh, Emiliano Vargas's uh, performance from last night. Uh, he's one you're going to want to keep an eye on as far as the second generation stars go. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Emiliano, Emiliano Vargas rather and his career progression. Shout out to AJ as well. Let's get over to the O2 Arena. Wasn't Wembley. AJ with a seventh round KO over Woo! Robert Hellenius. The big right hand Aussie coming in over the top. Joshua before that been toying with him. Uh, boxing behind the jab, trying new things. He's work in progress. The, you know, th- <laughs> things, things take time. These careers aren't built overnight. This guy, I tell you what, he's improving nicely, showing a few new things. Got the guy out of there, former world title contender. What more can you ask for from a prospect of it? He, he's getting like, new wrinkles as he gets wrinkles. <laughs> I was going to say, if, yeah. if he keeps it up, mate, he's going to be a two-time unified champion in no time. Exactly that. I mean, the, the commentary itself is just a whole different topic of conversation. But to dub him, you know... Uh, you know, a work in progress. I'm sorry. You just can't be calling a guy who's not just won only an Olympic gold medal. If it was his third fight turning over, then yeah, fine, that's no problem. But he's won world titles, he's unified world titles. So to then go he's a work in progress against the Nordic nightmare who is just a shadow of what the shadow he already always was is just, you know, pathetic, really. Um I thought last night's performance left probably more questions than answers. I thought it wasn't a good display. I thought the finish itself was fantastic. It was emphatic. It was a highlight real KO. No problem with that. But aside from that, I do, do, do not think it was a good performance whatsoever. Joshua, he boxes scared. 
for me, he is done at any sort of world level. They're talking about he wants to box two times this year before boxing Wilder in January. They need to park that Deontay Wilder fight, or they're using that as very much a cash-out fight because Wilder will take two, three rounds tops to get Joshua out of there. Hellenius bust him up last night. He had a bloodied nose. He had bruised eyes. Can you imagine if Deontay Wilder, well, sorry, not if, when Deontay Wilder lands? You know, I'm seeing criticism last night about Deontay Wilder's not very good and he's he's poor and he went life and death with Ortiz. Well, I'll tell you what, for a guy who's not very good, he's got the best right hand in uh, in boxing and considering, you know, we all know he's going to throw it, he still sets people up in a brilliant way and he'd be able to do that to Joshua as well. I, I just think Joshua, he's... He, ever since that Andy Ruiz rock one fight from where he was, you know, he was badly hurt. Ever since then, he's just boxed completely different. No fighter wants to get hit, but you're in the fight game knowing that you may well get hit and you're probably going to have to take punches to eventually win. And Joshua just can't deal with getting hit. It was not a good display. I get Hellenius, you know, they've not necessarily planned for that, but off that performance last night, Dillian White is shot to pieces as well. But I genuinely, off the back of that, gave White, and I would get, well, he's juiced up now, but White had a legit chance last night off Joshua's performance because he is just shot to bits. And who are they going to put him in with now? You know, he wants to box twice more. Who are they honestly going to put him in with? The shadow that is Derek Chisora that was on the undercard who barely got a victory over Gerald Washington. Who else are they going to look at? Because anybody live, and they're going in there thinking that they can not only beat Anthony Joshua, but they can knock him out. It was it was not a good display. It was a bad night, really. The crowd were booing as well, which we've not heard that at Joshua fights before. Booing in round one, round two, round three, constantly until the knockout came. So, yeah, it, it was it was a bad display, a bad performance, fantastic finish. But aside from that, it's not one for the uh, for the history books. And again, it's probably back to the drawing board. And you know, why try and reinvent the wheel? Joshua had a style from where he came out. He was a bully. He actually used to be able to put decent combinations together. You know, he could do that, and he was quite quick in doing that. That is just non-existent now. And he's trying to pick these shots. He's trying to be this you know, potential magician in the ring, setting people up, and it just removes all the good things that he is good at. So, yeah, it, it was not, you know, not a performance for the uh, the ones that are going to attract, you know, fans and essentially give you the confidence that Joshua can operate at world level. I think he's far from that. And you know, I, would, I, I know Joe Joyce got beat off Zile Zhang, but I'd take Zile Zhang to beat Joshua. I'd still take Joe Joyce to beat Anthony Joshua as well. And off last night as well, even though Dubois has shown his vulnerabilities, I think Dubois, you know, pretty much front foot style from where he's throwing big shots. You just don't see that anybody who puts the pressure on Joshua, you feel like they've got a chance of knocking him out because he just doesn't, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't like it. And yeah, it's a bizarre one really for a guy who's had so much success early on that he just looks done and... You know, you, you couldn't argue in saying that if he was to retire, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad decision. I am at maybe Andy's being called for there. It, it definitely is if the mask has been ripped away. I, I don't know whether I feel sorry for him as such, but he's such a bizarre character now. Some of the things he's coming out with, 
in his interviews. He went wandering off around the ring after he knocked the guy out. It's like some of it's forced. He made this strange comment about carrying the heavyweight division on his back, even though he's got he's got no belts. I mean, what's going on with AJ mentally? Is he really that fragile? I don't know, mate. I mean, only he knows that. I mean, we can only see what's you know happening in public at the end of the day. And some of it has been a bit, a bit of a red flag. Obviously, the situation in Saudi after the music rematch was like it was it was it was quality. You know, at the time, but in hindsight, you're kind of saying to yourself, somebody needed to step in there at that point. And none, not one of his so-called fucking mates stepped in there to save the guy for himself and that. And here they are, however many months later, after a pathetic performance against the boogeyman of the division, as Smithle called him, Jermaine Franklin. And then that, that there last night. And now we've got all these fucking minions coming out trying to do down Deontay Wilder and his boxing ability or lack thereof or his resume. Let me tell you something. Deontay Wilder can do what Hellenius did there last night, but they at a fucking far higher level. He's got better footwork, he's got a better jab, and by fuck can he cut the right hand loose when he when he wants to. And you see that jab was causing Joshua all sorts of problems there last night. His face was all busted up, his nose was bleeding, or maybe it was his mouth. His lips were all kind of swollen, his eyes were looking a bit kind of puffy and that as well. At, at one point, in that fight, Joshua felt he had to step into a couple of shots, and he missed that right hand at one point as well, but the right was on the wall for Hellenius. That chin was in the air all night, and the way he was stepping back from it, and his, his balance wasn't great either, to be fair. And I don't think he was really throwing the right hand to great effect. He was checking it to the body a little bit. I don't know if he's maybe got a problem with it. He was due to go on holiday uh, to Lapland. Well, fucking Joshua put him there, actually, to, to be fair. That was some fucking knockout. Um, and one thing about Hellenius, man, he gets knocked out pretty well. So that's you know that's 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 a plus. But other than that knockout, that, that card was complete dog shit as well. And as for Joshua, I agree with what Ozzy was saying. Um, I think Wilder does does beat him. Obviously, it, it might be a question or it might be a fact. Is it, it, it's it's a maybe a, a matter of who who lands first against you know those two. Um, I just don't I'm not think... sure, Andy, because I don't think Joshua's the big, massive one-punch knockout artist. He like gets on top of you, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Beats you down, grows in confidence, he hits you hard. Guys fold mentally. I'll come to the the question in a minute, but as for Wilder, he's got that just one punch knockout power. All of a sudden, bang, you've gone. I mean, the thing is, his job's underrated as well, mate. You know, his, his IQ's a bit underrated at the same time. I mean, he can he can box when he wants to or when he has to. Um, and it, we all know he's willing to cut that hand loose and he's willing to do it in his shield. So, uh, as again, if he's still got that ambition at the end of the day, then obviously. But I mean, you know, what what ambition do you need? The guy got fucking cocked about by Eddie Hearn and Joshua and contract talks. Old Daddy Baza Hearn had to try and save and you know try to lowball him and all that sort of stuff. So um, he should he should hang out. Hopefully, we see it at some point because it's been talked about for long enough. I think the, the you know the Fury Joshua fight is gone. I think at this point. Um, if they are, if they are really interested in making that fight, I mean, where would they hold it? I think it was Saudi Arabia. I mean, wouldn't they be held in the UK? Yeah, that's what they've said. Oh, I'd be yeah, Saudi. They've got this skills challenge on board. Apparently, this sounds a bit like a fake Sabutio, doesn't it? Skills challenge, but they're the they're the money men, as I'm told. Skills challenge is that that the promotional company that Del Boy Chisora's uh, been? Yeah, something like that. I seen something getting put on Twitter there last night by a man RJ who seems to be kind of like oh yeah. Company's house registers not to bring anyway. Josh was was Josora was was attached to that, but uh, yeah, look, it's, it, it wasn't great to be fair, mate. I mean, look, he was chasing a guy over the ring. You got you know, we'll, we'll mention Bellew in his segment at the end of the day, man. But that was just embarrassing. The whole thing was embarrassing. You, the whole setup, you know, you've got you've got commentators trying to talk to each other in between fights, and you've got music blaring at the you know 
tap blaring and you, you can't even hear anybody what, you know, what they're saying. They can't even hear each other actually. They can't even hear the questions getting asked to them. Um, it was just shocking all around. Apart from the knockout that is and can I get me started with Conor McGregor man? My God. They try to be too innovative with the commentary sometimes. They try to come up with all these fancy new ideas and I can understand you have to move on you know but they, they try to bring in things that they don't necessarily need. Stick a good commentator on, a good yeah. analyst with him someone to total the scores up and, and let's all move on. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird, like man. It's just, and again, you know, he's a professional commentator at the end of the day, but I, I still just don't get that feeling where, where, where man to the what was his name? Lead commentator, Mike Costello. Mike Costello, sorry, I forgot his name right in my head there. Mm-hmm. So just, it just doesn't seem to work with him on uh, on TV, mate. We've been saying it for a wee while now, but he's he has he has got the voice for you know live blow by blow. On live radio, if 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 you want a live commentary on that, then it's going to be something you're going to be listening to rather than watching, because I just don't think you know we see what's happening, and he seems to try and portray it as some sort of exciting moment or whatever it is, not you know, but it's uh, things like that. Just the whole production, as as Paul Webb would say, with the was was, was shit. Uh, Andrew Thicket there, Ozzy says, Hellenius has had a, fa- a fascinatingly odd career. Good wins over Peter, Brewster, Tepe, Kovnaki. Gifted a win over Chisora, a meaningless loss to Wilder. Fought White, uh, White on one week's notice without a camp and stunned him in the second before gassing and sitting on the ropes for the rest of the fight. Fighting Washington whilst ill and still out boxing him before getting spectacularly KO'd. Think he will be well respected once he's fully retired. Fair play for Andrew for giving that career, sum- career summation. At the end of the day, when I watch Hellenius, he is decent, he's solid. He's not great, is he? No, I'll tell you what he is. He, he is a solid European-level fighter. Those yeah. wins that he's got there, they are good European-level you know, level wins. and he's, he's had opportunities at world level and fallen short. So that is his level. But in all honesty, had he have had four camps against Dillian White and Anthony Joshua, it's not unthinkable to think he could have beaten Dillian White, in all honesty, you know. He gassed and he buzzed him in the second and we know White isn't great. And then not only that, he just he blew up last night. He was exhausted. You know, that camp that he probably prepared for last night, it, sorry, for the you know the, the fight that he had last weekend against that 6-0 no mark, he's realistically probably not, not, not trained, but he's not had, you know, a full intense camp, probably proper sparring, intense sparring. Had he have had a full camp last night, we might well have been talking about how Joshua may not have got him out of there or it could have been even, you know, worse times for Joshua. So, yeah, but we're, we're not here to talk about, you know, how good Robert Alanius is. He's a solid European-level fighter. He's, you know, he's decent fundamentals. I watched the the Kaunaki 2 and 1 fights and, you know, he, he showed that, you know, he has got parry. He's a big lump as well. He's a big bloke and, and yeah, you know, he's a guy that will walk away and can look back at his career and think, yeah, you know, he, he's achieved good things in the sport. But one thing um, I was touching on, I was going to say before about, you know, they were saying about Anthony Joshua is that I think in the Wilder fight, one thing that, what I've seen recently is when Joshua is hurt, he struggles to hide it. He's what, and he stays hit as well. He's not got, you know, the powers of recuperation, you know, like Tyson Fury has from where he can clearly get buzzed, but he seems to recover quite quickly. Whereas with Joshua, he stays hit not just for one round, but it could be for two or three rounds. Now, if you're going to stay hit against someone like Deontay Wilder, you just don't stand a chance and he's not going to let you off the hook with that. And and last night, I don't think he was well and truly buzzed or rocked by Hellenius. 
but he was certainly tagged and we didn't see that, you know, where he was hurt. But it showed against Vladimir Klitschko. He stayed hit, you know, for a couple of rounds. I think, you know, it, it was one of, you know, a, a really good round from where um, Joshua was just done at the end of the, you know, at the end of the round lying on the ropes. But he stayed hit, you know, and it took him a little while to recover. And I think more so now that's just, that is what is going to stop him, you know, against. Um, I find it absurd, really, that they're looking at this wilder fight. But then if you remove it, who else can they go for? Because they're not going to go for Alexander Usyk, for it's pointless. And the Tyson Fury fight seemingly seems out the window. So, bizarrely, for the name that Joshua is, from a big fight perspective, it kind of is wilder or bust because who else do you line him up with? There's no one who you look at and think... That's a big fight. I think if Joe Joyce maybe goes and beats Zile Zang, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Warren and Cole get on the, you know, on the bandwagon for potentially to throw Joe, Joe, Joe Joyce into the mix. But he has to fight Wilder next, mate, because it's the only fight but, that gets him back into a shot for a world title fight. He's well, to fight and beat him because I see yeah. Wilder's ranked be one, one and two, or from some of the two or three organisations. Yeah. So no, if the fight gets made, they're going to be at multiple eliminators for uh, for world title fights. Well, that McKean uh, Hergovic fight last night, I'm pretty sure it was a final eliminator or something like that for the IBF. Hergovic has been waiting for three years for his IBF. Yeah, well, he's, he's shit as well. He so. should be waiting another fucking three years for it after yeah, that fucking exactly. match last night. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's he's done. But no, I mean, but what what I found bizarre is that he wanted to box twice more before boxing uh, Wilder in January. So. We're talking quick turnarounds here, you know, we're in, we're in August now. What are they going to be looking at? Joshua wants two more fights. Yeah, 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 which Fuck. I thought, I just, I can't work at the timings. What they're gonna <laughs> no, go. this is he, just like Fury saying he's going to fight five times in a year. He's absolutely yeah. full of shit. But again, though, but who are they going to put him in with? Who can they possibly put him in with? Because well, if they're going up to that wilder fight, they need somebody who is completely risk-free now. Even then, Jermaine, Jermaine Franklin... Was, you looked at it was a risk-free fight, and even then he won rounds, which is bizarre. So I don't think there's anybody now, unless they put him in with someone. Kownarski, maybe someone like a Kovnaki. I can't see a Macmillan. Yeah. I know he's was, limited, but he'll just say... come at AJ like a maniac, man. That'd be the worst fight for him, I think. Kabayel yeah. was wanting the fight before Hellenius oh, scored. Him. Actually, I yeah. seen that on social media kicking about. Aye. I can't see that personally. I think I think that one uh, around you want to see if opponents that's your kind of mm-hmm. that's your that's your level you're looking at really. Eh? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they Matt can't. says Aussie. Sorry, they'll clear white, quote unquote, and make that fight again. <laughs> tell you what, I would not be in Gibraltar. It, 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 yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, but I just think timings work against it for happening, and it wouldn't surprise me if Joshua just doesn't entertain Dillian White again, and also as well that. You know, we spoke about it last week. Exactly. He isn't trustworthy. How can you trust him? But also as well, is Eddie Hearn going to want to invest money into another promotion from where White may well pop? And he's come out and said, I don't really know Dillian that well. I think that's <laughs> what they certainly say, which is bizarre. I think Dillian White's headlined seven pay-per-views for Eddie Hearn and Eduardo doesn't know him that well, so... He'll be saying that in 10 years when Chisora's brain's mushed. He'll be like, Ex- Yeah, I don't, I don't know Derek, Derek that well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, to, to be fair, mate, Derek won't remember him either by that point. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I can't, I can't see who they're going to put him in with um, next. I, I believe Dzonardo are pushing for pay per view dates, and they want more pay per view dates. And aside from Joshua, who are the pay per view stars in that matchroom camp? Nobody really. Connor Ben, realistically, <laughs> where, 
Where's he? But it's true, though, isn't it? You know, from a name mm. perspective, probably Connor Ben. Who else is there? Nobody else. And Ben can't even box at the moment. So it's it's interesting times for Matt Truman. You know, they made that big jump going up to the zone. And you, you cannot say it has paid off. It, it just looks like it's a complete mess. And, you know, they, they just keep digging bigger holes. And, you know, the zone of bleeding money. And they said they were not going to do pay-per-view. And now they made the big U-turn. And it's all about pay-per-views now. Zona probably making more dough from this Misfits boxing than what Matt Turner increase. Yeah, exactly. 100% increases, no rewards for you know the loyal subscribers that started off from day one. Not the Women's Champions League, they were saying yeah. last night, was it? Haven't they get, haven't they get KSI God, yeah. the promos for you to kill the title? Oh, I mean, fuck. Exactly that. Exactly that. So it, it's interesting times, but for Joshua, yeah, I mean. Look, fair play if they go and take that Deontay Wilder fight, fair play. But Wilder last night should be looking at that, feet up, you know, whiskey in hand, thinking this is a two or three round demolition job for me. And I think it will be emphatic. It will it will not be, you know, it will be a, a huge, huge KO. Just don't see how Joshua avoids that right hand when you're getting tagged by. I'm seeing all this nonsense, by the way, about Hellenius is a big, awkward guy and he's always presented problems for people. I'm sorry, Gerald Washington's an ex-NFL guy and a glorified doorman. Yes, he was getting out box, but fuck me. He brutalised Robert Hellenius. And Joshua, yes, he did do that. But, you know, I know we spoke about Hellenius being this European-level fight, but if Joshua is what people think he is, he should have had no problems with a guy like that last night. And let's have it right, he had all sorts of problems at times. Uh, Matty, let's have it right. Whenever I see Robert Hellenius fighting, I always think of former panel member Gabe. He was a big proponent of Hellenius. Uh, Robert came in just under £250 last night, and I wonder if Gabe is maybe uh, over or under. But anyway, I, I digress. He's, he's a half Lewis. <laughs> exactly. He's more like De Juan Calloway. But um, I, I didn't think Hellenius, Matty, was too bad of a replacement, considering it was short notice. There was only a week to get it sorted out. But I was in the minority, apparently, because there were haters on social media and on IFL TV and Fight Hype and where else, uh, who weren't Ooh. too high on Hellenius. Let's listen to one of them right now. Deontay Wilder is going to fight Robert Hellenius. Derek Chisora beat Robert Hellenius with ease. Right? Didn't get the decision. Watch the fight. Like... Wilder was good the other night. Hellenius is, you know, maybe past his best. He can punch. He's six foot eight. He won at the weekend, sent me a message straight after the fight from the changing room. I actually think he's a tricky fight. I think it's quite a dangerous fight. Woo! Dangerous! <laughs> it all comes I'm, I'm pretty, dangerous! Yeah. I'm pretty sure that last line as well from where Hellenius sent him a message. Hellenius came out in an interview and said that his manager approached him and said, we'd had an offer from Eddie Hearn. What do we think? And Hellenius' first words were, I want to go on holiday to Lapland. I'm not <laughs> going to take the fight. So that's quite impressive that he bangs out this 6-0 guy in Eduardo saying he sent him an immediate message when the main man, Nordic Nightmare himself, has said the complete opposite. So it's yet another uh, another little lie from the spin doctor, Master Eduardo himself. All Goebbels, uh, Matty there, all Goebbels. Aussie, Aussie, we've got the receipts running about hey. these corridors, mate. We're discussing them out just now. And that's what Eduardo dislikes as well, doesn't he? He People always look for videos and things to pull me up on. Yeah, because you're a compulsive liar. Realistically, I've I've nothing Ooh. against a promoter trying to promote a fight, but when you tell as many lies and you know different stories, they're going to catch up on you. And sadly for Eddie, he can't keep out of the camera 
and he loves the camera, so ultimately he is going to get caught up on everything he says. Well, you know, if you uh, read between the lines a little bit, Steve, I, I think you got to see, like, honestly, uh, I think that Hellenius, especially on short notice, is perfectly fine fighter uh, for uh, for Joshua to take on. I think it was a terrible fighter for uh, Deontay Wilder to take on uh, because I think there are levels to this, and I think Deontay Wilder is a couple levels above Anthony Joshua. Um, so fair play to Eddie. He said it all um, without saying it specifically. Um, terrible, uh, ter- just a you know, very lackluster performance, let's say, by AJ. But, you know, great stoppage victory. We'll see if he gets one more in before Wilder. Uh, but uh, Wilder is going to be going into this with uh, out without being in the ring for about 15 months or so at that. So that's the one thing I say might work in uh, Joshua's favor is just staying active recently. Uh, regarding the Deontay Wilder fight, uh, Matty, people are talking it up. It looks like it's going to happen, hopefully. I know it's simplistic to just say Wilder with his one-punch knockout finishing instincts whenever he lands, the fight's going to be over. But I just think he's going to land at some point. And this current version of AJ... The, the AJ version that fought Klitschko and that, even that went in up to the uh, Andy Ruiz and he said John Ruiz, uh, the Andy Ruiz fight would have fought back and I would have given him a greater chance. But this current version of AJ, he's going to catch a shot at some point. And Wilder's going to finish him. It comes down to mentality for me. And Wild, uh, Joshua's lack of confidence at the moment against a guy who is so confident, he borders on delusion. A guy who has, has, has talked away every loss to Fury. He's talked conspiracy theories. He believes in his power so much. He is absolutely mentally deluded. <laughs> There's no way he's going to come in against Joshua and not land that right hand at some point. I, I honestly cannot see anything but a wilder knockout matter. You know, uh, heavyweight boxing is the theater of the unexpected, and I hesitate mm. to say that he has no chance at all. I mean, he's a big man with a, with a fair bit of experience, and he's got a few good punches in his arsenal. Um, but, you know, to, to land those shots, he's going to have to go through fire. And, and I tend to think, Steve, the toughest thing for him is that he, if Wilder chooses to keep him at the end of his punches, he's going to be able to do just that. It, it, it's because it not only is, is uh, you know, Joshua not, not quite as long as Deontay Wilder, he doesn't seem like he's really committing to his shots fully anymore, where he's, he's really punching through the target, getting his entire length into him. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, uh, especially if you look at that second Fury fight and what Wilder was doing to the body with that slick one-two, do that a few times, you look upstairs, and it'll probably be night-night for AJ, much the way he did in Hellenius. Uh, Michael Thompson says, if AJ beats Wilder somehow, will it be Hall of Fame worthy? I tell you what, it'd be an absolutely amazing win. Silver Boxing there says, a few years ago, I'd have heavily favoured Wilder to beat AJ, but time waits for no man. And Wilder is older now. I favour AJ by late round TKO. Uh, with respect, Ozzy, I, I would <laughs> disagree with that statement from Silver Boxing. Massively disagree. Ma- massively disagree. I, I just, I'm with you. I just can't see any other outcome than a than a Deontay Wilder knockout win. I just, I just can't see how. You know, off the performances that we've seen recently from Anthony Joshua. What gives you the confidence that he's going to go in there? And like you say, he, of course he can punch, but he's not got that. It's rare. You know, last night's win against Hellenius, that's probably the first time he's really iced somebody with one shot in a long, long time. And we've seen Hellenius that when he does get knocked out, they're all pretty similar stoppages. Whereas with Wilder, every one of his, and he, look at the way he knocked Hellenius out. He was on the back foot and it was like it was by accident. He was just trying to get out the corner. 
It was a short right hand. The next thing, Kalanius is just corpsed on the floor and doesn't know what day it is. First you know, knockout in three years. Yeah, so is that what it was for Joe? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, yeah, put poor levels. Yeah, fair enough. You know, he's boxed Usyk twice, so I understand that. But yeah, he's not got that power. And I think with Wilder, I, I just I don't see you know with with the way Joshua stays hurt, and I'm not saying he's got a glass chin because he's not, but he stays hurt, and Wilder will just you know will will make you pay for that and. His power is elite level. I think, you know, I genuinely believe he's got the best right-handed boxing and, you know, time waits for no man. But one thing that Wilder hasn't done is, yes, he was, he had two big fights with Tyson Fury, but I don't really think he's been, but you know, like take, you know, they weren't sustained beatings where he's come out of there and, you know, it, the, the knockouts were, yes, he, he was knocked out particularly in the, in the third fight, but again, I owe that to a lot of exhaustion more than anything. He looked shattered, but he went toe to toe with Fury, and he was still still a power even when he was exhausted. So no, I just don't see any other way, any other victory aside from a Deontay Wilder win. And from a betting perspective, the bookies have got it razor close. Wilder's a five to six favorite, and Joshua is an even money. Um, oh, you're fist fucking me. So yeah, I'm I'm surprised how close that is actually. That line's got to move heavily by the time the fight gets there. I mean, you there's got to be so, some yeah. people jumping on that. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, to to get what I, I was gobsmacked, I thought I'd see Wilder at like one to three ish, one to four, but to get anywhere near even money, I think is a fantastic price because if that fight was announced tomorrow, I think you'd see a lot of people investing in Deontay Wilder to win. See, to be honest, Josh was going to be fucking sweating that drug test result coming back after swigging that pig swill at Conor McGregor's there last night, eh? Anything could be put in that fucking drink, man. In the, uh, in the world's creamiest stout. <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> helmet that McGregor is, man. Another thing as well, another thing as well. Eddie, Dane, good evening, Eddie. Uh, Dane, uh, Uncle Frank there last night. Making sure that fucking car dragged out until the fucking almost... I was, I was begging for a knockout, man, so I could go to my bed. It's fucking quarter past eleven. The main events have already started. Yeah, it was it was a bad and you know. I went to bed. I I was getting tagged in from you, Andy, asking about post fight pods and stuff this morning. Sorry, (laughs) no chance. That was the happening. By that point, it's fucked up. Like here we are. Like we were thinking, like oh, like oh, great, Hellenius is stepping in and saving this card, and then when it all finished, like. Fuck, Hellenius stepped in and he saved this card. Uh, exactly, mate. And I think ST, after, after, after having to witness what we witnessed on the undercard, you're like, fucking hell, really? I, as I say to Steve, that was before we started that. I somehow came out of that whole event there last night, having to get myself up this morning and watching stuff in America, feeling fatigued. You watched really that whole me. thing, and then you ended up having to watch Valdez against. No, Navarrete I didn't watch the whole thing. I'd, I'd, I had suffered about the first seven rounds of the Hergovich fight, and I went, "The fuck this man!" Mm. And you think I was going to sit and watch ten rounds of the Chisora? By the way, honest to God, I was raging at him uh, with his ring walks. He took for he took a fucking fortnight to get to the ring. This is about quarter past ten at night. Still, they, they signed the main event. I'm like, this is going to go the distance. And that and he was awful as well. He couldn't throw a punch. Kind of pulled a trigger. Washed. Um, another one who needs, you know, an intervention. Really, I mean, what can we do? I, I, I dozed off somewhere during Hergovich and woke up somewhere during Chisora. So, I yeah, I didn't suffer. Well, again, badly. shout out to AJ. I've said it in the past, and I know the boys agree with me. For all of his deficiencies and his faults, he is genuinely in exciting fights. And even when he was struggling against Hellenius, he was more 
exciting than those other noughties on the undercard. You know, he, he did, uh, just going back before I forget this point, Andy, to the Wilder fight, one of the boys is saying there about he did get the shit beaten out of him in those two Fury fights, especially the second one. But I think to beat Wilder, you've got to do what Fury did, put it on him, oh, wow. break his confidence, break his will. Joshua hasn't got that confidence himself. No. His soul's gone, man. He can't jump on Wilder. He can't do the things I don't think that you need to do physically and mentally to deter Wilder the way he does. False confidence against real confidence. He's, he's, yeah. no got, he's no got the same height, reach, and boxing savvy, basically, on the inside to do what Fury could do. And also, as well, Fury's got an additional, what, 30 pounds on top of that? Yeah. Um, or whatever it was at that at that point, and he's still heavier than what Joshua is. And he kept getting up. Wilder was putting Aye. him down, and he kept getting back up again. I mean, the fucking, it was, you know, you literally got to nail the guy at the floor. Now, again, there's only so many beatings like that a man can take at the end of the day, but I, I still think, you know, as I say, look at, look, at look at the success Hellenius was having last night with a jab alone. Uh, I think Wilder's jab is very good, and he will look to throw the right hand behind it. No, so much like like Hellenius was in, like he was jabbing, it was causing Joshua a bit of problems, and then he was, he was shoving the right hand in as an uppercut shot to the body. He wasn't really throwing a lot of headshots, there was a few here and there that it kind of made the impression that maybe he's got a problem with the right hand, possibly. I don't know, but Wilder will throw it hurt, or doesn't matter where he will fucking be there to the bitter death until the referee decides it's not going to it's not going to go in any uh, any further, but um. Say that the last time after Joshua's last fight, so after Wilder's last fight, he is constantly, and he's won my respect, I, I, I must admit, because I remember speaking to Peter Fury about him once. Matt, you were probably there at the time we were talking about his flaws, especially in the defensive sense. But Matt said the defensive flaws are still there, but it's the offensive tools that's going to make it interesting. Because all he's got to do, jab and move, jab and move. Make Joshua come to him. Joshua will bite on every single fucking thing waiting for that right hand, right? He's just going to faint it with him and this is the right time. Maybe drop it to the... I think you're going to drop it to the body and then bring it upstairs and, you know, take Joshua out with it. But, you know, he's, he's got that chance. And I say that after his last fight, he is, he is criminally underrated by many. And usually they're mismatch room fucking fanboys or fangirls, we want to call them. But uh, you need to start putting a wee bit of respect in that man's uh, that man's work, by the way, because it says if um, if he, if he can't win a fight, he will be there to the fucking bitter end trying to win it. And uh, he was true to his word in the day against Fury and that you need to kill me to get me out of there. And that's practically almost what happened there. So uh, people people treat him like still treat him like the guy who was windmilling against Oddly Harrison. And yeah, and I know. That's, they're not the same. The only thing that's the same yeah. with those fighters is that wicked right hand. He's refined for that. Guy. He's definitely refined for that. I mean, the jab alone, as I say, is mate, he, he could easily do what Hellenius did there last night. And if Hellenius is causing Joshua all those problems, factor in that right hand, which is the X factor, you've got a gravy train ending right at the fucking next stop. Well, and you just got to devil it up and put the right hand behind it, and Joshua's going to be out of position. He he just he doesn't do well going back whatsoever. And he can't, he can't handle movers. So I say Joshua just put a oil, just pops a jab, steps to the side, pops and those wilder shots that are so unorthodox as well, Andy. They yeah, catch him around the eye. ears, the head, the back of the neck. That's yep. just quick. And he's got the reach, Joshua. mate. He's got a freakishly low reach. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing as well. So I it, it pisses me off the, the disrespect that Deontay Wilder gets. And that they just dub him as this, you know, like you say, this wild, you know, this guy who just wings in punches and he's no technique and he's no boxing IQ and I replied to a tweet last night about something similar, just saying that Deontay Wilder is shit. Well, I'll tell you what, if he is shit, then I hate to see what is worse than him because 
like we said, he's got a fantastic right hand. His jab is legit as well. It's not just this crappy little thing. It's a proper weapon. And the guy sets his shots up as well. It's not just, you know, pot luck, the way he's knocked out 42 of, you know, 43 P, 43, 42 KOs in 43 fights. Some of them, yeah, early on, fine. But, you know, he's beaten some decent fights. Look at the way he's sitting. Look at the way he knocked out Dominic Brazil. That, that was not just, you know, a random shot from Norway. That was a proper right hand. And regardless of what Luis Ortiz is or however old he is, Luis Ortiz at the time when Deontay Wilder boxed him, that guy was avoided. He was signed to Matchroom, so ultimately Joshua didn't need to fight him and Hearn controlled him. Oh, so I agree. That's a disingenuous away. argument. I saw that guy replying to you. Sorry, Ozzy. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it. I thought, hang on. At the time, Ortiz, no one stepped up to box Ortiz whatsoever, and it was incredibly difficult, you know, for people to get him a fight. And yeah, Wilder did lose rounds to Ortiz, and he was hurt. But look at the way he finished the fight. It was brutal. Absolutely brutal. So, again, for a guy who's apparently awful, Ortiz from a boxing ability, yeah, he's probably a level above. But overall, as a fighter, Deontay Wilder is better. And he came through that. And then in the rematch as well, it was even more, you know, even more conclusive. And, and let's have it right. In the Tyson Fury fights, particularly the first one was a bit of a... It wasn't as good, in all honesty. But the second and third fights, you know, yes, he was outclassed and he was beaten, but he was there until the end. And that third fight was you know, one of the best fights I've ever seen. It was unbelievable. Well, how many people are that dangerous when they're that hurt? Like, there's exactly very that. few people who can do that when they barely know where they are. Exactly. Right, and uh, there was one punch that landed on Fury. It had that, like, ripple effect on him. That knocks out any, yeah. any other man if it's not Tyson Fury. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And then they say, you know, oh, he's ducked everybody in this and that. People forget Deontay Wilder signed to go over to Russia to box Alexander Povetkin. It was only that I'm pretty did Povetkin pop for a test yeah, or something like that. Yeah, that's right. yeah well, exactly. Well, that. Wilder had moved over here just to kind of taper off his camp before flying to Russia as well. Yeah, yeah. and he was going over there. Yeah. So, yeah. I was so curious guy, how many slips they were going to call in that fight before Povetkin <laughs> could no longer get up. Yeah, exactly. So the, the hate Deontay Wilder gets is just disrespectful. There, there are far, far worse world champions who you know, no disrespect to a level below. And, I'm, you know, I can list it, but people used to bum over Anthony Crawler because he was a nice guy and this and that. Don't even compare, you know, like in terms of ability. Wilder is levels above Crawler, but people used to love Anthony Crawler. Oh, it's great. He's a world champion. You know, he's done this and does that. Well, sorry, you know, the hate Wilder gets, you know, from a guy who... You know, certainly didn't have it all his own way, you know, coming through. He turned over. And, he, yeah, I don't care about those, old, you know, those wins where he was knocking out bums on the way up. Fine. But he was doing it in the right way. And he was he was active. You know, he was boxing. I'm just looking at it. In 2009, Deont I know it's a while ago, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He had eight fights. Yeah, coming right um, out of the Olympics. Yep. Yeah, they all, they all went one round. But good, they're active. You know, we always say all about you know activity and that's exactly what he did and yeah did it take him a while to step up the levels yeah it did but once he did that you know he, he boxed Bermain Stavern and you know let's let's have it right a lot of people fancied Bermain Stavern in that fight to go and beat Deontay Wilder and Wilder, Wilder showed that he wasn't 
in inverted commas, a one-trick. him for 12. Yeah, 12. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And then what did he do in the rematch? He had no respect for him, and he just obliterated him in a round. So it, it really grates on me the disrespect Deontay Wilder gets. He's he's not only, you know, he's one of the most exciting. Steve mentioned about Anthony Joshua being in exciting fights. Blinking, you miss it with Deontay Wilder because he has got that power and he is always in exciting fights. And he's without a doubt one of my favourite fighters in the division. And <clears throat> when he does call it quits, the heavyweight division will be worse off once he retires because this is a guy that brings excitement, he brings legit power, and he's far better than just a one trick, one trick, one punch pony. The guy has got skills. And he's vastly, he's vastly underrated for a guy that was a dominant world champion. He is vastly underrated, and it's this, it's this stigma and this tarnish from you know people online and certain media outlets and promoters that just call him that. Yet you never see these promoters or other media outlets call for call for certain fights and say, "Oh, we'll box Deontay Wilder." They go a million miles away and ensure that they don't box Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Jamie throwing in one ninety nine there. He says John Boshak. Uh, we can definitely get on board with that one. Liam has made a good point finally. He says, I love everything about Wilder. He's mad as a box of frogs. His delusional mindset is a real weapon, whereas AJ is a broken man living in reality. That is a good, concise uh, way of summing up my thoughts on the whole situation. A shout out to Robert Kalanius, aka Rapping Rob Kelly, who's jumped in on the call. You're very welcome tonight, Rob. I'm going to hit you with a question straight off the bat here. So whenever Dillian White popped, allegedly, we don't know, they were looking at uh, Gerald Washington, Chisora's name was banded about, Dempsey McKean, Philip Hergovic. Eventually, they landed on Robert Hellenius. Des, always good for a good comment, Rob, jumped in with this one. He said, one for Steve and possibly Dominic. It never hurt Richie ever to get in his rocky moment against Junior Jones in Manchester. Never hurt Leon Spinks getting a chance against Ali. Gavin Reese against Dunboy. Naz against Bel Castro. The sport, Rob, is littered with fighters seizing the moment. When a door closes for one, it opens for another. I'm amazed Sky haven't thrown Fraser Clark in. That's the kind of attitude that would have benefited of this opportunity. But we ended up with Hellenius, Rob. No, I think Ben Shalom doesn't know what the fuck he's doing anyway, does he? And I think uh, Eddie would be reluctant to go that route um, on a different promotion, especially last minute, like with AJ. I think they carefully selected Robert Hellenius actually like the fucking and he probably did better than they expected I don't think I think any of the guys mentioned in that Dempsey McKean Hargovic on last night's performance would they have done any worse than Robert Hellenius and if they'd have done better than him they'd have been in a real shot of winning the fight Eddie says uh, Deontay is going to sleep well he just has to show him the first six rounds of the fucking fight last night and he'll definitely go to sleep because it was <laughs> horrific and look I'm, I'm get maybe I'm getting more fucking compassionate in my old age, but I'm actually a bit concerned about Anthony Joshua. I think uh, Tony Bellew outdid himself last night on commentary with some of the worst, the, literally the worst Colcom's uh, performance that I can remember on the on on record, like so biased towards Anthony Joshua. But Barry Jones and, and Andy Lee were the only ones there with talking a bit of sense, saying he, he needs another two fights before you can even think about putting him in with Deontay Wilder, and I think they're going for the cash out. I think it's fairly obvious if Robert Hellenius is out jabbing you for portions of the fight and leaving your face bloody and they're making every excuse in the book on the zone for your life saying he needs rounds and he's countering it, asking about people booing, saying have they ever boxed before and he was setting them up and all this. He did, if, if Hellenius had been fit last night to go past six rounds, he would have given him to hell down the back straight because he was starting to blow, he was starting to get tired. He's 
I think Andy Lee was right. Yeah, who was the listener? Someone said Rob Kelly, bingo, Andy Lee, Wexford. Well, you got in early tonight. Um, I think, um, what you call it? Um, there's they're right in saying that they're trying to like change his style. He's 33 years of age, like he was trying to lead with a lot of tech hooks, a lot of kind of Charlo esque stuff last night. And like, I think, I think mentally he's shot like that whole thing at the, the press conference. I don't think he's like trying to be tough, I just think he doesn't actually know what to say when he jumped out of the ring, when he answered the question about the, the division on his back, it's all contrived or off the wall madness. Like there's no in between. And I think Eddie and all them see the cash out coming like, and they're going to rush that Deontay Wilder fight if they can, because any other heavyweight has a shot at beating him now. It's over for him. Like, and I think it's going to end badly, like with him fucking flatlined against the uh, Wilder. So I'm sure he can fall on his big pile of money that he's going to get, in, but he's going to need it because I think he's he's finished at the top for sure. He was never that good to begin with. It was overhyped. It was he was well matched. It was oversold, but it's starting to really show up. Hadn't had a knockout in what five fights, seven fights, or something like that before last night. And the guys he's knocked out are Pavekin and Pulev, way past their best, and Robert Hellenius. So what fucking chances he got against Wilder? You have to nail him down. Like so, even if he catches him, you'd have to think he's going to blow. And can he finish Wilder? Wilder has shown he can get up time and time again and come back even more dangerous. So, oh yeah, worrying times for Joshua. Worrying times for Joshua, indeed, Andy. You've alerted me to this one. Dr. Boxing One says, cannot stand Hatman beats and icons, matchroom agents. Also, McGregor sucking up to Joshua, embarrassing shite. Hey, Bell, you and Aid are slicking AJ constantly. Be dead funny if Wilder ices AJ. Does that fight happen, though, Andy? Sorry, I was chatting away there. Actually, I was on mute. <laughs> yeah, well, as I was, as I was saying there, I think you know, if if Joshua is really wanting to get himself back into the world title mix and that, then it's it's the only it's the obvious fight to make, mate. I mean, Wilder's. I just checked that he's ranked one with the WBC and WBA. Like he's fourth with IBF, but Aussie was mentioned that Hergovich fight was meant to be a final eliminator, so that will be on the on the back water. So, yeah, look, if it you know the that, that's his options, I would say. Well, there would, would would be it. I mean, there's nothing else really is going to move the needle. Obviously, if he's wanting to fight twice more, twice more before before fighting Wilder, then it's going to be a European level opponent that he's going to be facing next. So you're looking at like say a Cabayel, um, potentially Bacoli. Um, I don't know about the big guy in Canada, big Matt Mudoff, if they would if they'd fancy it. Um, they would stay. I think they would stay well clear. Uh, Otto Wallen. Um, yeah, he's supposed to be fighting Gassiev in Turkey, they were saying, in the Nutters group. All right, Murat Gassiev. Obviously, yeah. he's limited to where he can fight these days, actually, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie doesn't do business with ESPN, so you can like maybe like forget about, like, yeah, Jag Buzz and, you know, who was the other guy? Anderson. Um, so, yeah, there's there's not there's no great there. So, unless, as I say, if he's serious about world titles next or soon, well, there's a fight to go for, because I can guarantee or be pretty much certain are convinced that that would be a final eliminator to either face Fury and or Yuzik for, for their belts at that point. Okie dokie, Rob's uh, disappeared off. He has business to attend to. He'll be back for the belly of the week. Before we go on to the undercard, <laughs> let's have a look uh, quickly at who's knocking around on the chat and then we'll get Matty's opinion. Uh, red hot off the press regarding the DAZN pay-per-view undercard last night. Uh, Mark Stanton's in the chat as always. So is Andrew Thicket, our lone representative over on Facebook, giving us the thumbs up. Harvey Price Boxing returns, returns for another Sunday. Uh, number one's there as well, uh, followed by number two. That's Michael Thompson, SW Boxing. That's me. Uh, Slappy Gilmore, Matt Slippery Butters is in as well. One of the nutters, so is Jim McDonald Boxing. We've got Johnny, we've got M. Lithgow 1983. 
We've got Jack D-Y-O. We've got Des is always knocking about. We've got Liam as well. Shout out to him. Who else have we got as we scroll up? Let's see if there's any new names. J-Yo is hanging around. Mr. Flash, U-7-4-O-Y-E. Rolls right off the tongue, that one. Uh, no sign, uh, sign of take aims yet. Yimmy Yap is here, so is AP. couple more before we finish up and go on to the undercard. Can't find any, so let's just get on with it then, shall we? Tom Smith as well. Hatman done a fish eyes video today. Couldn't tell you, Tom. Couldn't tell you. On the undercard, Matty, fair play if you managed to pull yourself through this one. Derek Chisora with a 10-man decision win over Gerald Washington. Uh, El Goyo Negro, the black cock himself. Uh, Philip Hergovic going through the motions with a 12th round. Tell you what, it was some finish against Dempsey McKean. The previous uh, 11 and a half, 12 rounds of action wasn't much to speak about. Uh, Campbell Hatton, old hands of foam, getting a win over Tom Ansell. And an exciting fight between Harry Armstrong with a decent beard on him. In every sense, a bit of a Tyson Fury impersonator going in against Johnny Fisher, who got him out of there as well. What did you enjoy from the undercard, Matthew? I fell asleep during a lot of it, actually. Um, I, uh, I I did catch a, I, I catch the, uh, the Fisher-Armstrong fight. It was the first time I felt like Johnny Fisher might have some sort of a future in the sport. You know, I mean, they're taking him up the levels, area, area title there, correct, Steve? Yep. So uh, good for him. Um, I temporarily think maybe the roar of the board crowd woke me up, and I think I kind of saw the the Hergovich finish there. I just didn't care because I was disappointed because I had something with the, that fight going under seven and a half rounds. So fuck you, Philip. And um, then uh, yeah, then I watched the end of the Chisora versus Washington fight, and apparently I missed what should have been called a knockdown in the second round, which was not. And um, uh, apparently the those cards were a bit wide, uh, some people say, and that Washington might have had an argument. Um, I don't know without seeing the beginning, but from what I saw, they're kind of hard to pick those rounds. I guess Washington probably did have an argument. He might have an argument to so run it back, Andy. I know we'll not be watching that one again. Uh, <laughs> Johnny oh, Fisher God. getting behind the jab. They said there's a Chinese in Johnny Fisher's future. I don't think it's Gilles Zhang. Maybe Big John Fisher putting an order in there. thought John done all right, actually. He came out firing. The guy stood up to his offence and he threw a few shots back. I think that was probably the pick of the undercard from what I saw. Yeah, uh, for what I saw, it may I. I mean, look, that Armstrong, he, he took he took a bit, of, a bit of beating, I suppose, and... Like it was, it was down about three times, four times or something along those lines, and then he just gradually wore down and exhausted, and part of that as well. Just thinking about a beating and that, and Connor throws in the towel. Um, he was a big boy. What, what weight did that son of a two, bitch come two, in? Two fifty or two sixty, I think it was. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't God, too he look, high. He looked bigger than that. I guess he's more fat than muscle, eh? Two fifty, yeah. but he's six foot six, so. Yeah, yeah I, was, I wasn't paying great attention to it. I mean, they started that card at five o'clock and they just finished just before midnight. It's just, just trash, man. There's nobody going to spend, as, as Rob is here, if he's he's going to spend his, his entire night watching Frank Buglione on a Saturday night, I ain't watching that his own card on a Saturday <laughs> night, man. That's just shit. Um, and as for uh, Big John, as uh, Ozzy is probably aware, he is reading out his, his latest Chinese order at IFL Live. Okay, what we should do, actually. Where's that getting held about? Was it the Wallace and Gromit or something like that I was going to hold it? Uh, slug and lettuce or something. Uh, slug and lettuce. Okay, we, should do, actually. We, should, we should phone the nearest Chinese restaurant nearby right, and order the entire fucking menu to be delivered to that, to that venue. And I guarantee Big John takes him the fucking doggy bag. Guess what, guess what Paul always got on Andrew? Oh, no, that right Vita bed sheet again, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not on the Big John train, Ozzy, but it looks like he's getting bigger to me. 
Babe, oh, that huge. head of his doesn't belong in that fucking mask. Look at the size of his head. He's absolutely huge. He's getting bigger. He is getting bigger. He's massive now. And what do you expect when all he's doing is shoveling Chinese down four or five days a week? It's You're not going to be losing weight, are you? But it's a shame Rob's not on because we've no doubt Big John would still be saying he's in credit from when he was on that. It starts Monday diet for about a month where he lost about nine pounds or something like that. So, but no, but just on the undercard, um, fair play to Johnny Fisher because he is limited, but he's realistic as well. And he's not, you know, calling for the big fight straight away. He's got a fantastic following. He does loads of tickets. And I like, the way he's, I like the way he's going, though. He's just won the area title. Let him go and defend it a couple of times. There's no rush for him to go to English level and then, you know, to British quickly. Build him up. You know, he's always going to get the on these slots on the big cards because he does sell tickets. And, you know, we all take the piss about his dad and stuff like that. But take all that away for, for Johnny Fisher as a boxer. He's got, you know, some ability there. He can dig. Um, I forget the opponent's name, who it was last night. But, you know, he had a decent... Harry Armstrong. Harry Armstrong, that was it, yeah. He, he had a decent chin, and that was probably Fisher's first real test somewhat. You know, he, he got rounds under his belt. He, he boxed a guy that kept coming forward, you know, wing some shots in but could also take a shot. And it was a, it was a good win, so fair play to him. There's no rush with him. You know, go and defend that Southern Area title a couple of times and then look to make your way up because there isn't any rush whatsoever. And while he has got that following... You do want to keep building on it, but I, I do like Johnny Fisher, actually. I think he does come across well, and because there's no bullshit with him. You know, for everything else that goes on on the bravado with, you know, his dad, who's probably more famous and a bigger name than him, actually. He's he's very level-headed, and he knows what he wants to achieve. He, he does live the life, and I really rate his training setup as well. I think Mark Tibbs and particularly Dip, Jimmy Tibbs, who helps out as well, um, you're not getting much better than them two. He clearly has discipline with his diet. I mean, there's temptation around every goddamn corner. <laughs> <laughs> it is, that, that is a fact. That is a fact. Uh, Andy, sorry. Uh, this is actually at the function suite within the O2. I was getting mixed up with Boxing Brunch, uh, which features the gap. Oh. Oh, all right, yeah. so it's not the slugging lighter. So no, the, that, that's the box, that was the Boxing Brunch. Nonsense, Pedro. Um, oh, well, as I say, I think, I think Ozzy's just currently looking for the nearby Chinese takeaway and he's going to get that whole menu delivered. I'm going to watch Big John do an Instagram live or something like that, watch him from yeah, Saturday. Yeah, plain chow mein, chicken chow mein, special chow mein, mixed yeah. fried rice, pork balls, chicken balls, curry sauce, chips. It's actually making me hungry now. Yeah, it's took a jumbo sausage in there for Big John as well. Why not? He'll, he'll eat the lot. He'll eat the lot. But uh, can we just say, by the way, what, what, by the way, what from one ringside last night, uh, world champion Ebony Bridges, who was more a, a promotional girl last night for Conor McGregor's creamiest stout. So paydays are clearly drying up for uh, Ebony when she's getting paid. 20 grand to go and be a PR girl for Conor McGregor's uh, creamy stout. A world champion to you, haven't they, that crap? <laughs> yeah, earn me hern. Oh, dear me. Better than uh, being a DP girl for his group. <laughs> that's, that's true, Matthew. That is indeed true. Let's take Ames. He's appeared. Ebony Bridges gets Ames out of the woodwork there. Uh, have you had your say on the other boys, Aussie quickly, Chisora, Washington, anything to add, or are you, you're done with them? 
fuck all to add about those goonies. They both need to retire. Amen to that. There's yep, 80, that. 80 years of fuckery in that ring last <laughs> night. Fuck all to about those goonies. They both need to retire. They are. He's, he's so so angry, he even said it twice. Right, Matty, let's move on to the MGM National Harbour in Oxon Hill, Maryland. About 50 people in the crowd by the time the main event came on. Obviously, they're all there for the undercard uh, participants. Emmanuel Rodriguez in the main event, Matty, winning the vacant IBF bantamweight title against Melvin Lopez. All scores of 120-105, given the fact that after being outboxed for 12 rounds, he spent the last 30 seconds going down three times, Lopez. It was a little bit underwhelming, this one. The undercard was better. Gary Antoine Russell improving to 17-0 with a body shot finish of the flabby, useless Kent Cruz. Another L for me on the Prediction League. I thought Trayvon Marshall was the, one of the next big things. He would knock out the former cheat, Gabriel Maestre. He didn't. He got absolutely iced in the second round. What did you see of this one, Matt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that uh, Joe Kennedy putting that one in the Prediction League with Maestre at double points. And guess who picked Maestre, Steve? Not me. <laughs> Joe, Joe Kennedy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I don't want to say a Russian conspiracy here. Yeah. But, you know. but anyways, no, really, really good pick by Joe there. He said he also caught it with the bookies, too. So well done on that one. That was paying, I think, at least like four and a half, five to one there. Um, good grab on that one. With those young undefeated guys, you kind of never know. And we had seen a bit of Maestre against Michael Fox, uh, who offers some of the same physical tools. Um, and uh, Marshall brought that uh, as, uh, along with a hell of a punch. Um, but uh, we never really got to see it. Got picked off by a good right hand over a, a lazy jab, maybe a lazy hook. And uh, he tried to fight his way out of it, almost did. Sparkle Lee giving him about every chance that, uh, that, uh, that he could uh, to, to get out of the round. Uh, perhaps another appearance from our good friend, the ghost of Steve Smoger. Uh, but unfortunately, not even the ghost of Steve Smoger was able to uh, save Marshall from that onslaught, uh, getting battered and finally stopped outside of the ropes. Um, so that uh, didn't work out too well for him. Um, and uh, then and, uh, the uh, who I think actually might, Steve, end up being the, uh, the most talented of the many Russells. Mm. Uh, Gary Antoine continues his, uh, his uh, undefeated uh, 100% uh, knockout career uh, with that win over uh, Cruz, who had three draws in his previous 19 fights amidst no defeats. Interesting career, which is obviously on a downhill slide. After Include two draws to the same guy in his last two fights. Yeah, a r- rough time out there. He thought that was bad. Well, then he came in and he got his ass kicked uh, by this uh, uh, really a vicious uh, Russell brother. He's definitely got more dog in him uh, than uh, than the, uh, the Gary Russell, who was featherweight titleist, and the brother uh, who was uh, okay at 118. I, I do, like I said, I think this is the best Russell brother, that kind of weak apostle uh, uh, stoppage aside. He was going to win that one regardless. Interesting guy at 140 pounds. We'll see who he fights next. Everything's a little bit scattered there. Frankly, I... Uh, I, you know, Ryan Garcia being locked up in legal shit with Golden Boy. I would love to see Gary Antoine Russell beat the shit out of Raleigh Romero. I think that's a fucking public service at this point in time. 
Yeah, it would be. That'd be a good one, actually. Did you? I know you didn't manage to see too much of the undercard in the well, end. But the main event, uh, I got. Yeah. Oh, I, sorry, Andy. Uh, Martin, I said, you know, the interesting story though about that main event. I thought those. I thought that Lopez uh, probably picked off a couple of rounds. Mm. Yeah, that, like it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. What's the difference? You know, one eighteen to you know one oh seven at the end of the day. Um, but but the interesting story of that fight, though, Steve, was that Rodriguez's right eye was getting swollen up almost as badly as Valdez That's and right. Lopez. Might have snuck out a TKO victory on that one because it was called uh, the punch. Yeah, w- w- without winning a round, apparently, and he might have <laughs> snuck that out. So that would have been something else. Uh, that that twelfth round by Rodriguez. So he he really poured it on. Glad to see him pick up a uh, a title belt at uh, 118 pounds because he's a good fighter. Um, he was just you know um, uh, you know always at the cusp of it when there were just fighters that are very very good ahead of him. Um, taking on Inouye and, and obviously getting his ass handed to him in a couple of rounds. So so good on him. He's a good fighter, and when he puts them together, uh, he, he can really give you a lot of trouble. He certainly is. I think by the time the main event, Andy came on in Maryland, though the half of the crowd had dispersed and they'd all had enough, really. Yeah, and to be fair, those that stayed to watch it, actually, when it was that, like, you know... <laughs> you know, over excited to watch it. Actually, I mean, Rodriguez. To be fair, that he dominated that fight. As far as I'm concerned, I think Lopez just begs the question, really: How's he been? You know, considering he's he's, he's got thirty fights under his belt, he hasn't fought anybody a great note that I can recall when I checked it. No. How's he managed to get himself into a title shot? Really, but he just looked like he was experienced enough, really, and he looked like he was definitely. In terms of size, and that, it didn't look like he had had much to offer the guy. To be yeah. fair, he looked obviously. like a flyweight, right? Yeah, he looked yeah, tiny. I thought that too. He looked, he looked like a kid, to be fair. But um, as I say, it just felt it weird. I, had, I mentioned to you guys last week. I had I'd never heard of this guy before. Never, I don't think I'd ever seen him before. Started out at one oh eight, Andy. There you go. Mm. There you go. So maybe a late filler. Maybe moving over to America. Maybe just starting to you know you know fill him out a little bit. Who knows? But. Yeah, wasn't he great? I suppose, and then obviously he, he gets dropped three times late in the in the in the last round. Uh, yeah, it wasn't he great? I suppose, and it was kind of repetitive as such. He wasn't really doing anything to make Rodriguez change uh, change it up. I think he was my bad head, but it caused the clash. Uh, sorry, it caused the swelling over Rodriguez's. The commission right said it was a punch. I thought it was a head, but yeah, apparently it was officially ruled a, a punch. Right, okay, because Rodriguez was convinced it was a head, but when I was listening to the post fight. Yeah, so loves yeah. a head, but doesn't he? Rodriguez. <laughs> It does, it does. But yeah, well, as I say, I think that that, that kid needs a bit more seasoning. That uh, that Lopez, um, yeah. as I say, I found it kind of weird that he, he somehow managed to get a world title fight off the back of that because he's had, he's not fought for any of those you know fringe baubles and that. So he's not been kind of like paying sanction fees to get ranking points that type of shit. So it must have had somebody kind of like put in a good word for him, you know? Because um, to be fair, he wasn't he, in my opinion anyway, top ten class. You know, and I, 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 and you know, given it was a PBC fighter too, Steve, it's pretty easy to move this into a uh, unification with Alexandro Santiago, who just picked off that vacant bantamweight right. title against Donaire. Yeah. Um, so that you never know, they might be heading into that pretty quick at this point in time. Uh, interesting little fight, actually. Yeah, and Gary Antonio Russell will be sort of sniffing around, waiting for that Rodriguez rematch to try and get his piece of the pie. So they have it locked down at bantamweight PBC at the moment. Yeah, uh, interesting enough. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, cause there's still a couple of titles that are still waiting to be decided. We'll see where those land. But I'm all about the unifications, and the easier the better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Make those unifications happen. Just a quick reminder to you listening at home. 
This is episode 535 of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. Ozzy is with us, Matty's here, Andy's here as well. Hit the like button if you want and subscribe. We're over 7,000 subscribers now, so congratulations to us for that. Uh, Wednesday uh, afternoon, or Wednesday evening rather, it was over Pro Box TV, the White Sands Event Centre. I know Andy saw this. Matty will go to you first of all. Christian Baez outboxing Petros Ananyan before he got iced in the seventh round. And a really exciting main event, former world champion, quote-unquote, Roger Gutierrez. He fancied this one beforehand. Got absolutely beaten down by Otar Erenosian. There was a knockdown early on in the second round. I think Erenosian went down. He came back to knock down Gutierrez twice. And then eventually, after about five minutes' deliberation, they decided between <laughs> the commission and the corner to finally stop the beating in round. That was some bullshit, that, wasn't it? Eh? <laughs> yeah. did, did oh, it just the commentators were raging. <laughs> the ref was like, like, are you stopping it or not? The commission was like, uh... Even the referee was like, come on, dude, you know, let this guy recover here. Come on, Didn't it just seem like Gutierrez was ignoring the doctor? He was doing it on purpose, wasn't it? Yeah, the ref yeah. was like, come on, this round needs to start. What are you doing? Are we stopping it or not? Yeah, absolutely ridiculous bullshit but a, a great performance from Aaron Notion who st- apparently still has to fight Lamont Roach in order to uh, get a uh, to get a title shot against uh, Hector Luis Garcia uh, which would be an, a very interesting fight but uh, I've been watching this guy come up on some of these cards uh, I think a showbox card there in the middle too and he's a fun fighter uh, he's got a pretty deep amateur background as well and I, I don't know if you caught uh, everything that he was doing there, Steve, but he was clowning around. He's he's a showman in there. Some hands behind the bag shit, getting ballsy with that. Uh, but he, he came out of it really well. Um, not not the biggest puncher, but uh, he will work and wear you down, um, uh, puts them together, especially on the inside. Um, he, he's definitely more clever than uh, than I think uh, people might give him credit for uh, as you know a pressure fighting. Um, there's a science to it if you're doing it correctly, right? Um, and Aaron Ocean, he's going to be fun coming up. And and I do think that it's uh, if he gets through Lamont Roach, which I, I think he will. Um, I, I think him against Hector Luis Garcia is a fantastic matchup of styles, and it'll be interesting to see how uh, Garcia will hold up to that pressure late against Aaron Ocean, who has just an, an incredible gas tank, it seems. Um, and uh, also, uh, it was a kick watching an onion uh, get that come from behind knockout victory, uh, uh, just showing you're never truly out of a fight there. Uh, and then uh, I think there was also an opening fight with a, a little bit of an upset draw. I, I might have been but uh yeah decent card from po- pro box this week world title eliminator fight in there so um yeah good stuff on a wednesday night i hope you guys enjoyed it too yeah i did just quickly on the lamont roach roach is a, f- a strange fighter he drew with orlando cruz in 2018 so that didn't go down too well and then in 2019 the loss to Jam- uh, jamel herring i think he might have dropped herring or something but he just would not let his hands go and he got completely outworked if he tries that shit against uh, uh Aaron, i don't know what do you call him eranian or whatever ananosian i'm starting to con- confute conflate the two of them he's going to be in trouble because you've got to let your hands go to keep this guy off you Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think you got to do it with really straight punches down the middle, which I think Garcia c- can do, but you have to do it um, for 12 rounds. And, it, you know, and uh, he works uh, really hard to try to keep you from from holding on to him. Uh, Gutierrez, uh, the best thing he did in this fight was hold until the ref uh, took a point from from holding. And that's uh, the end was shortly thereafter that when he went down. Um, but I mean, this he's going to I think, you know, I could honestly see Aaron Ocean 
being, you know, probably losing four or five of the first six rounds and then working his way back into the fight. And if it goes to the cards, it could be interesting, but he, but he could also um, absolutely wear down Garcia and drop him late. Uh, Excellent fight on paper. I honestly say, fuck the Roach fight. Let's go to Aaron Ocean against Garcia. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Uh, Andy, you managed to see this one. I know you were trying to rack your brains, as was I, about the Baez, uh, Aaron. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I can't get used to these two guys, man. Aaron well, Anya, whatever. <laughs> Whoever was in the main event, it was a good fight anyway, Andy. Yeah, Aaron Ogen. Yeah, he doesn't want to come back from that lockdown, actually, because um, if he got a wee bit lucky, actually, because if you look at the way he went down, he could have easily done an ACL, mm, the way they kind of, yeah. you know, the way he went down there, but he doesn't want to come back. Uh, Good warrior about him in that as well. Really made Gutierrez feel it, and really interesting fighter to watch in that as well. So, um, obviously, he's 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 you know, isn't he? Isn't he? How should we put it? Technically, absolutely fantastic. But you know what he does, he makes it work. And uh, I think there've been a lot of exciting fights in that as well. So hopefully, he doesn't go down the same route as Kurtzinzi and becomes one of Georgia's next. Or I don't know if Georgia's had any world champions. Actually, you mentioned that. Actually, I need to check that one out. But uh, hopefully, there's going because uh, as Matty says, I've been interested to see how far he goes. Twenty nine as well, thirteen and all. So time is now if he, if they're going to if we're going to going to make a move for him. So Lamont Roach next, and then potentially, hopefully, if they maybe sanction that as a final eliminator, he gets his shot at. Who is it? Be Hector Garcia? Did you say Hector Luis Garcia? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, there you go. I mean. Okay, one thirty starting to stack up with some decent champions there, some good, uh, some good unifications at some point if we can get them over the next year. And I mean, Foster, Garcia, Cardina, Navarrete. I mean, well, there's there's you know, the last two at least in that as well are, are good good fighters. And Shaky Foster's, you know, he's just uh, emerged as well. Probably did Tino have one of the upsets of the year, maybe knockout of the year, possibly this year. Oh, Shaky Foster, but he beat uh, Ray Vargas, didn't he? Uh, it was an upset. I, I think a class is an upset, basically. The talk about yeah. him fighting Anthony Kakachi, maybe that was the talk that I was hearing. Really? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Was Kakachi even ranked? Oh, he'd be highly ranked, I'd imagine. It. Well, he's got the IBO title. I'm not sure about the rest of the the, the titles. <coughs> oh dear. Um, As for Ananyan, just a couple of quick points on him, Andy, before we move on. He managed to find his power just in time to knock out Baez, uh, maybe nothing to do with the spots on his back. And also, he holds the the, the sole loss over the monster, and I think he's going to be the killer at 140, Subriel Matias. Although it was one fight after Matias had effectively um, ended Maxim Dadashev's life, so he probably had a few things weighing on his mind. But Ananyan, a couple of interesting facts for him. Uh, let's look at the action for next weekend. Kevin Johnson, a.k.a. Kevin Ski, John Skanowski. Now he's become a Russian citizen. He's fighting in his new home Ooh. country next Friday evening, the 18th of August, against Mark Petrovsky. So shout out to him. Uh, Ozzy, some domestic Petrovsky's action. Petrovsky's my favourite fighter for the next week. Oh, there you go. Shout out to Petrovsky, some Matty. Uh, Friday, the 18th of August as well, over in the York Hall, Bethnal Green, Ozzy. We have a Frank Warren card featuring Joel Kadua, Khalid Ali, Umar Khan, Ryan Garner, decent fighter, going in against Juan Jesus Antunes. Nathaniel Collins, 12-0, fighting Raza Hamza. That could be a decent fight for the British featherweight title. And Dennis McCann, he's becoming one of the lesser-spotted McCanns in the world lately, as unfortunately since November 2022, going in against Ionut Baluta, which is an interesting step-up in class. It is, yeah. Um, it's like one of these development cards that, you know, like these um, 
the ones that they've been putting on. And I think the two top two fights are pretty decent, actually. Nathaniel Collins, he's been the chief support. He's recently signed with Queensbury. Uh, he's boxing Raza Hamza. He's had a bit of an odd career, to be honest. But it's a big. I think he'll have enough for Raza Hamza, who he used to be. I saw a lot of him when he um, used to be in the same gym as Jack Catterall, trained by Lee Beard. Mm-hmm. But Hamza, you know, I mean, no offence to him, but he fell short against James Beach Jr. And we've seen when James Beach steps up um, towards, you know, like that British and level and above, he has fallen short. So I would fully expect Nathaniel Collins to come through this and look good in doing that. Defending his British title, he actually knocked out James Beach Jr. in his last fight as well. So... Again, but you don't you don't mind this, you know. They're looking to get him, you know, a, a competitive fight first up. But the the fight of the night is Dennis McCann, now you're not Baluta, which is a massive step up. And you know, Baluta, he's he's a hard hard fighter to um to beat, really hard fighter to beat. You know, he gave Michael Conlon all sorts of problems. He beat Andrew Kane. There's only Liam Davis from memory who's really beat him quite convincingly. Um, particularly when he's boxed over here, um, I like Dennis McCann. I'm quite, I'm quite high on him. I think he's got, you know, a lot to like about him. Uh, it's a big step up, but what he has done so far, he's come through in flying colours. And as he stepped up in the levels, he certainly looked better in doing that. So it is a big step up. I don't see him stopping Baluta. If he does, that will be a hell of a statement. But I don't think McCann will have it all his own way either. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it from a price perspective, what that will be. Um, and I think if Bluter is certainly a value, you know, potentially two, three to one, that's definitely worth a punt because this is a close fight. It is it, a difficult night's work for anybody. And whilst McCann is a good prospect, he's not boxed anybody on the level of Bluter. So good fight, interesting one. He's not one of these guys that if you can get beat him, you're arguably, arguably at European level. I don't think it'd be wrong to say Baluta is at that level. So, yeah, good good fight. Good fight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Ozzy, I know that you have to jump off soon because you've got an early start tomorrow. So, I'll get your view on this next card. It's not the greatest card, to be honest, over in Birmingham next Saturday evening. But a domestic fair on the zone. Uh, Solomon Dacre's going in against Chris Thompson at heavyweight. Jordan Flynn, Kane Baker could be a decent domestic scrap over 10 rounds. Cyrus Pattinson going in against Connor Walker and the main event, uh, Galalia 5-4-0 against the hardcore favourite Tommy Flank for, uh, Frank Sorry for the WBC international flyweight title. It's as thin as Eddie's comb over this. Yeah, it's quite similar, isn't it, to the Friday night card, in all honesty, that BT are putting on. So, very much of a development card. Um, I think Galalia 5 will knock out Tommy Frank. Let's be honest, Frank is not very good whatsoever. I think he's going to be... One of these now that goes in the away corner looking for opportunities against the likes of, you know, your Yafis and other young fighters coming through that have got, you know, decorated amateur backgrounds or are with promoters. And yeah, I um, I fully expect, you know, if Yafai has got anything about him, he should be beating Tommy Frank. What the other two fights did you mention on the card as well? Sorry, on the undercard. That would oh. mean in full. Well, we had uh, Solomon Dacres, Chris Thompson, Jordan Flynn going in against Kane Baker, and Cyrus Pattinson oh, yeah. um, is, is also in action against uh, Connor Walker. Yeah, so so again, there's a couple of competitive fights actually. Sol Dacres, he's um, I think he's, he's I think he's defending his English title there actually. Um, so again, you you don't mind those sort of fights. Um, that the Kane Baker fight, I'm pretty sure. 
is it a rematch or not? It might well be a rematch. I'm pretty sure. I forget what card that was on. It was on. Yes, they fought last time. You're quite right. It was on. Yeah, the, yeah. And, and I remember it, it was a really good fight. So it's interesting that they've made this. It's over 10 rounds now as well, rather than it being an eight-rounder. Baker is one of those. His record doesn't really reflect not how good he is, but, you know, he, he's very much been in a way in a way corner fighter, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that, that's a decent fight. And Cyrus Pattinson's in another step up. Uh, he obviously had that big win against uh, Chris Jenkins last time out and, again, would have learned loads from that Jenkins fight. He's now boxing Kona Walker as well, who he's coming, you know, he's lost two of his last three. So, realistically, I say a step up, actually. I think Jenkins and, uh, sorry, Chris Jenkins is a better fighter than Walker. So, triangle theories don't always work, but you would fully expect Pattinson to come through that with flying colours. And then, yeah, Sol Dacre's Chris Thompson. Uh, I think this fight has tried to be made two or three times. Oh, no, it's not. Different guy. Um, yeah, boxed Evgeny Romanov, this Thompson. That was it. South African. But, again, don't mind, don't mind the way the match in Sol Dacres, to be honest. Uh, he's, you know, 6-0, coming through um, coming through the ranks. He's not the heaviest, you know, biggest puncher in terms of a heavyweight, but he's certainly got more skills. So, again, it's very much a development card. I don't think it's fantastic, but it's like the Friday night. When if you combine them together, you'd probably have a show that's got five relatively competitive competitive fights on it. So again, we're on slim pickings in the UK again this weekend coming up. It is pretty slim in the UK. There is a card over in the States on the Caribe Royale in Orlando, but it's nice and sunny there, Matty. You have alerted me too. Nesta Bravo, 21 and 0, 15 KOs. He's near 30, so I'm just stepping up now, the Puerto Rican, in a nice little step-up fight against Will Madeira. You might remember he had Brandon Lee, undefeated, uh, heavy-hitting showbox prospect, in all sorts of trouble before coming back to lose on points uh, in, when was that, August of last year. So, yeah, pretty inactive. He's been out the ring for nearly a year. Time does fly, Matty. It waits for no man. Are you expecting Bravo to get the job done on the zone against Will Madeira? You know, I'm going to have to go and, and kind of look through some of his performances here. I'm I'm looking through, and he doesn't really have any particular names that I know off the top of my head. I think I might have seen the Adrian Young fight for some reason. Um, but there's not particularly anyone interesting on the resume of Mr. Bravo. Um, so you never know. Madeira is, Madeira is a decent little fighter there. You know, he actually had a win earlier in his career over Thomas Matisse. Um, so that I, you know, be interesting looking at this one. If he's, if Madeira's coming in a, as an underdog, I mean, he could very well score the upset here because he's definitely the more experienced fighter. And you kind of wonder, uh, with some of these Island fighters when they've been kept with low level of competition, um, uh, over their career and they're at this age i mean there's it's not like there's op- not opportunities in puerto rico to be seen you know samson lurks around the dominican republic you know if you've been hanging around for years and you're 30 years old and uh, you fought nobody there's probably something wrong so we'll see here mr madera might just uh, pull something out on this uh zone card on friday night. see boris this, this guy's like that kind of uh, that lopez kid for last night actually you know he's he's basically as matty says he's been kind of like floating under that radar Mm. And just all of a sudden, now he's been getting prime time slots. So I'm interested. See that Madeira got iced off the your man Felix Verdejo. Yeah, that's right. That was when Verdejo was riding high, wasn't it? Yeah, when he been... was free to fight. Aye. 
Let me check. Who the hell actually? Because he's been he's still in custody. No, he's going to jail. He got found guilty on like three or four charges or yeah, something. Did like that. He's fucked. Yeah. What's he get? Like lifetime? Oh, you'd imagine I so. Think so. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Ernoli Jr. says top show lads. Wolves big up. No bueno. Yep, absolutely. Uh, what about the stuff for next week, Andy? Any interest in that? Uh, Tommy Frank going against Galal Yafai um, on the zone, and then Friday night, Dennis McCann on BT Sport against Baluta. I might watch the BT card on Friday, mate. I'm just to unwind for the week. Um, Saturday, probably not. I'll probably have some stuff on actually. Again, nothing really is kind of like hot mantras for that that card. To be fair, mate. Not even that. Who's it? Yafai against Tommy Frank. Yeah. I, I, I'd be expecting uh, your fight to handle that, or unless it's five rounds. Um, if no, then it's you'd like to think so. Wouldn't you? Waste of time if it's yeah. if it goes a distance, like bar an injury, of course. Uh, is there anything else for next weekend that I'm missing? I, I, that's all I've got on my schedule. So I think so. No. I don't think there's much through the middle of the week either. It's like Japan no. or anything like that. I'm, no. I'm coming through. No pro yeah. box card. And, and next next week, though, we'll be sitting here listening to Andy talk about he spent his Saturday watching a card from some Stan or some country <laughs> oh, right, that right. used to be a yeah, uh, communist that's in Europe Steve, now. did you get the VPN you know, working again, mate? Uh, yeah, all good, yeah. All good. So uh, I think there might be a card for Austria next week, actually. Oh, that'll be good. Or well, will it? <laughs> oh, well, this is it. This is it. We don't know. I mean, but here we are complaining about the state of some of these British shows and that, right? So basically, it's on the same kind of level. So at least we don't have to pay for it. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, that is absolutely the thing. Right, a couple of questions. We have a couple of questions anyway uh, before we go on to Bell You of the Week and then we shall get out of here. Joe Kennedy has thrown these in. He says, see Andrade versus Benavides being rumoured for later this year, Andy. I like La Bandera Roja, the red flag, in that one a lot. Question for the Nutters. If Benavides convincingly beats Andrade by stoppage, would he be your pick for fighter of the year? Assuming Crawford and Inoue only fight once this year. Well, assuming they only fight once this year, if Inouye obviously goes and defeats Tapales or Crawford goes and beats somebody else, it's a different matter. But assuming, Andy, Crawford and Inouye only fight once this year, if Benavides goes out and stops Andrade, where's he sitting in fighter of the year for you? Yeah, it's a bit early to say, mate, as you say. Um, I mean, I've I seen some in the chat there were saying Navarrete was in, in for a shout as well, considering how he, he, he beat Valdez there last night. Um yeah, that's. Um... It's sad, isn't it, when it gets to the point where they, he wins on activity, as in yeah, two well, fights to one. I think if Haney dominates Progre, he will be in the running. I ain't happening. But it sounds like Bob's talking about that, uh, the offer that was made to, uh, to Stevenson. Was like, his, his words were a fugazi. So we'll wait and see. Uh, it's back to the question. But hang on, you know, Benavides has fought Plant. When's the last time Andrade fight, by the way? So curious. He fought Demond Nicholson on one of the PBC undercards. Was it earlier, January, maybe, I think? Was it January? Was it, so he's fought this year. I, I can't mind, mate. I can't mind. Um, it's slim pickings, I must admit, at this point. But my fight of the year, and I think he'll, he'll probably fight again this year, possibly, will be in UA. Um Crawford again. If, ben, if Benavides does do a number uh, on Andrade, like properly, like you know, convincingly beats him as, as Joe says there, but knocks him out, dominates him, and, you know, and, and doing it, I think he would. Uh, he would probably. He would get a nomination at least. Uh, we're just going to see what's going to happen in the back half of this year. Um, I'm hoping he's going to be out before the new year. Uh, Doug Crawford, Crawford will be back out 
um, the top guys, who are, well, Lomachenko, oh, sorry, um, Haney, doubtful, especially at 135. Um, Sad Davis, man, a bit Davis, he's out of jail now, isn't he? Um, he's had well, two knockouts. He had two knockouts this year. Yeah, he fought. Got, he fought Hector Luis Garcia in January, which the Andre Nicholson fight was on the undercard, and then he fought King Roy. King Roy. Um, the hand on the lower weights and that as well that people are going to be. Yeah, I would probably need to wait a bit longer, mate. But I'm going to say anyway. Hopefully, he fights more. Than... Again, you say they're only fighting twice this year, mate, and it's like he's got to come down to the fact is who's who's putting the better performances to kind of vote for these guys, mm. you know. Um, at the end of the day, Matthias, who cares? What Matthias, Matthias, you know, he's he's knocked to your what was his Argentinian name again? Ponce, yeah, Ponce de Leia, uh, yeah. He hasn't really got the names, has he, though? I know he has, if he has know, a couple of but, impressive knockouts, but you know, anyway, if it's, say, say, for example, he gets the fight against I don't know, say Lopez, for example. Mm. So I, I know it's not going to happen, but see if I get Lopez and knocks him out. Great fight, there, there, there's, yeah, there's only one fighter who I think can come out of nowhere and fight only once this year and manage to to get fighter of the year. And Charlo. That, yep, exactly. If he pulls that off, Charlo would be the fighter. Of I'll the give year. him a chance. I think there's, there's, there's people saying to you about Canelo that he's just like he's at that point in his career, maybe his life now, that he's just not got the same drive. Possibly. I think so. He's pissed all the time, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, kicking yeah. people out of parties. We'll yeah. talk about that closer to the time, Matty. But I, I fancy Charlo to do do decent in that fight. To be honest, I honestly don't know. But yeah, I think if he pulled it off, that would that would do it. Um, I don't honestly rate Andre that much to to be able to give Benavides that. But I guess in kind of a a weak year, I guess that's as good as anything for two fights. Because it's hard to give it to somebody with one fight. You know, if Inouye manages to unify a division in two yeah. fights. Going up a weight, you give it to him. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. And you never know. I mean, and that's the thing about Japanese boxing. Maybe he gets to headline New Year's Eve this year or something like that. With uh, um, by that point, by that point, all the all the accolades for the for the year's over with because they, they, I I, I think if that fight's been announced, everybody would hold it off. At least that would be good, wouldn't it? He doesn't tend to though, does he? In you, I don't think he's done it. Has he, he headlined before? I don't think he has. No, I think uh, Ioka has, has done it. Ioka has, um, yeah. Rigondo done it one year. Uh, Uchiyama used to headline it. I think if I remember. I think Yamanaka mm. did it a time or two, maybe. Mm. I think um, he said he, he fought Butler early December last year. The twelfth of yeah, December, I think it was of last year. No, he had he fought he fought that a French kid. Um, oh, God, title. yeah, I know what you mean. I can't remember what you call him now. Twenty seventeen. Ah, uh, Johan something. Ah, uh, he's in. Fought he's, he's fought Kohei Kono twenty sixteen there. He's fought another guy twenty fifteen. So uh, he's, he's appeared in some of the kind of. Later cards of the year before, but mm-hmm. he's the franchise now, isn't he, man? He can pick whatever dates he wants to fight. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got to get that to Parles fight out of the way, you would have thought, considering he didn't do too much in his last fight. Uh, Steve, another question for the pod if you have time. We've always got time for you, Joe. Just wondering what a Wilfredo Gomez Neue in UA fight at 122 looks like. Love the punches from the past with him and Sanchez, by the way. So shout out to me and you, Andy, who Ooh. recently did the Gomez Sanchez. Could you imagine that? Neo in your way, Wilfredo Gomez. That'd be carnage, wouldn't it? One oh, mate. Can you imagine <laughs> Gomez coming out there the fucking first two, three rounds, mate? Just want to do damage. And then in your way, just gradually get in there and throwing his right hand. And that's, that's a cracker, mate. Gomez it's... tight at the weight a little bit, maybe. Those yeah. Going in, but he could punch, boy. He was, oh, he was, he was a fan. He was one of the best 122 fighters of all time, mate, to be fair. 
uh, power, legit boxer, good foot movement, um, just the lifestyle outside the ring kind of caught up with him a little bit. Um, it's a great one, and it's not one I'm going to I'm going to say one way or the other on that, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, it does it does beg the question. And you remember as well, Gomez was a 15 round fighter as well. That's right. It's uh, so the thing, and he fought they fought the best, dominated his division, Hall of Famer. Has to be respected, and the power was legit. And the thing is, as well, the way he walked out to fight Sanchez, who by Sanchez was the betting underdog, and within what was it, Steve, the first first ninety seconds. So yeah, Sanchez caught my left hook in the right hand, and it was like, okay, this is a totally different fight now. Gomez dominated his division, moved up to fight Sanchez, didn't come off, went back down, dominated his division again. Yep, yep, that's 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 basically. It. But it was, as an amateur, and that as well as I think he. I think he won a world amateur gold and he went to Cuba and noticed we'll go to Cuba he beat the local Cuban as well to win it mm-hmm. so uh, it was a yeah. big upset then as well who would win though mate who would you pick I'd pick Inoue to be honest I just think because of the boxing ability but the punching power as hard as Inoue hits Gomez could hit really really hard yeah. but I think given the fact that Sanchez used the jab and was able to outbox him at times with the head movement and all given what Inoue showed against Fulton the adaptability, the versatility, I speed, the hand to, speed, yeah, hand speed. I think he'd be able to outbox Gomez long enough to. I think I think yeah. that could be the key difference to the hand speed actually, because yeah. remember that that right hand that he chipped, fucking Thornton with man. I, I say, it was like a fastball. It's woof. You literally, yeah. you literally, you, you almost, if you almost blinked it in real time actually. To be fair. Yeah, but he'd have to be have his wits about him for the first four, five, six oh, games against Gomez. As you say, maybe tight the weight, maybe anyway starts getting in there on top of that, maybe run about the late half. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, Joe, for those questions. Excellent stuff. That is everything we have. We shall move into the belly of the week. Andy's here, Matty's here, Ac- and Steve, so actually, is me. I have a I have a quick interview that I'm here to bring you. It's it's a, oh. a surprise guest, Steve, and I I hope you're ready for this one. Bear with me here. Hope I am too. Okay. Let's see oh God. Now, let's, how do I do my? Hold on. It's now not me, is it? Now, how do I do my solo layout here? Let's see. It's going well. Yeah, this is going really, really well. <laughs> there we go. Fun. There <laughs> we go. There we go. All right. As you can see here, I have Mr. Goat, and Mr. Goat <laughs> says that he was present at the Wellings Ranch. Um, Mr. Goat, would you please describe the sounds you heard that day? Um, uh, when the, when the goat that Mr. Flexen uh, mentioned finally met his demise, what what were those sounds like? Oh my, the, the whore, the whore. Have you noticed here that he's missing an ear? Uh, please, would you echo one another one of those screams if you lost that ear at the Wellings Ranch? Oh, that, that that's terrible. Um, if please, I, I ask you, if you had a chance to go back there and, and confront Mr. Wellings, but you would have to go to his place, would you take that opportunity? Would you would you be willing to go with me? <laughs> well, so, sounds like uh, he has been scared silent, Steve. So uh, another victim has been shut out from justice. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite know what to say to that, to be honest with you, Matty. But uh, th- thanks for that. Maybe this is the only reply I can give you. This is Father Dave, and you're listening to the Boxing Asylum podcast. <laughs> Could be the last time to listen to it after watching that. <laughs> no goats were hurt in the making of this podcast. I don't know where he's going with that, but fair play. It's a bit like uh, Clint Eastwood with the chair, wasn't it? Anyway, on to uh, episode 535 of the Belly of the Week. Matty's there. 
with his interviews and is here as well. We're hoping Rapping Rob Kelly can join us as well. You asked me earlier to cut this one, Matty. I have managed to deliver as best as I can. And Michelle Joy Phelps, she might have left. Is it behind the ropes, behind the gloves, up the ring, something? I don't know. Anyway, she's with Fight Hype interviewing AJ, uh, talking about his uh, post-fight activities after beating Robert Hellenius. Right after you knocked out Hellenius, you did this whole gesture and you were like, I, I swore you were like, fuck everyone in here. Like, I don't know what you were saying, but it was definitely like a fuck you to everyone. No, nah, this is obviously when you're, <laughs> when you're in training camp, you haven't had sex for a while. So oh, okay. I'm, just, I'm thinking, ah, what? <laughs> okay, so. Like, like, testosterone is on a high and stuff. So, okay. Yeah, just emotions, you know. Testosterone's <laughs> <laughs> on a high. That's what happened to Dillian White, aren't they? Uh, fucking T levels are fucking sky high. That's what happened to Connor Ben. T levels were high, baby. Yeah. Woo. I'm just glad he was able to rectify the opinions. And here everyone thought he was saying fuck you to the crowd. No, he was <laughs> he was just talking about his need to copulate. That's all. I thought she'd retire, actually. I thought yeah, she'd that's what I thought. She left her channel to become a sports lawyer or something. But she, I, don't know. I think she's doing it like part-time in it now so that she can devote most of her time to being a lawyer. That was also somewhere in that in an interview with her somewhere this week, I think. All right, okay. I don't know what the gad thinks about that. Oh, no, hang on. Cajonal respect. Fucking <laughs> God, man. Oh, he's always up to something. Anyway, let's move on to the Bellew of the Week and see what we've got going on here. Uh, Hearn, Matty, is distancing himself from Dillian White's drug testing scandal. I don't know him well enough, says Eddie. And the Chief points out, White has headlined seven pay-per-views under Hearn, yet all of a sudden he doesn't know him. Yeah, that uh, I guess Eddie has officially run out of excuses, having to exhaust all of them on Connor Ben. So uh, Dillian's just shit out of luck. I couldn't be bothered actually sending you the clip because uh, I didn't want you know, you know people go saying have oh, you been going on about all the clips maybe ten years ago. But this one was most recently, right? It was in Fitness Magazine apparently. Video that Eddie's in the gym doing his doing some curls, not you know. I'm saying myself, and he says, uh, Yeah, so this is like maybe about a month ago. And he says, Dylan White told me to do this, so this is more he gives you better advice than what you think. Then, eh? Doesn't know the guy though, apparently. Fuck's sake, he's classy. Like, do you remember that interview? I think that uh, someone did a hit piece on him in the Times Aye. newspaper whenever they went out to Saudi Arabia, and he's like, Eddie's like all over everything until. Uh, people start asking questions, and then he's like, "Oh, nothing to do with me, Gov. It's above my pay grade." Not yeah, if he fucking Teflon man, I'm telling you, you can fucking you make it deflect. He can do it like he can deflect an old Eddie. Joel Washington is going to be deflecting from this. I had to put a little bubble over it before the YouTube algorithms get hold of us. Uh, the the black cock himself uh, is people delving into his likes actually from 15th of December 2022. A bit like Donny's content there, Lacey Duval. Going crazy on the dick, Joel Washington. <laughs> Is it the creepiest thing about it? The fucking sad face in the description? Like <laughs> Or is that not a tear? Or is that like a drop of semen? Like, I, I worry. <laughs> I, I, I worry. I think that's Somehow, a panting face. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Somehow, if it, I, it's a sick world, Steve. It's a sick, depraved world. I don't know. Lacey Duval looks like she's enjoying herself anyway. Matty's not the main thing at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, she's getting paid and getting laid, so uh, good for her. Yep, shout out to Mr. Val, that's what I say. Uh, Tony Bellew has been tweeting out, Matchroom oh. equals truth. 
Hashtag no lies. Hashtag honesty at all times. It's been an interesting weekend for Bellew. I, I nominate Bellew for suggesting Joshua was carrying Helena Sandy during his Bayern's yeah. commentary last night. Fuck's sake. No, but hang on, just about this one, actually. You know, truth at all times. Yeah. Bias commentary, yeah. But truth at all times. Oscar Rivas wants a word, Tony. Sorry, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. He was shameless last night, wasn't he? I mean, oh. it is. I know we slag him and he's Bellew the week and everything, but it's ridiculous having him on the commentary team. He's not there for uh, objective commentary. He's, he's, you know, he's a rim licker of everybody that's on there. He doesn't even hide it to him. He's actually giving like, interviews to like, other outlets, for example, about Josh was this. You know, Josh, sorry, Josh, he calls him. What the fuck is all that about? You imagine fucking... Uh, or suppose they'd have their own moment uh, with Frank Bruno and that like, gut-ridge and the guys and that like, moment to beat all of them a call, but it wasn't to the same fanboy levels. And that. It's, again, it's... it's this is what probably stems for Joshua's comments about stating that you know the heavyweight division's on his back. Not so much the heavyweight division's on his back. That whole fucking promotion, matchroom, the zone, he's a big part of their business. And as, as Robin mentioned last night, you can imagine if you take there's, there's one L and then that's it, it's gone. Poof. And once that happens, what does Eddie do if they kind of get Connor Ben released? But yeah, I, Michael Thompson, I, I've said that all along. AJ doesn't even know who he is. The most one-sided friendship in boxing. Do you remember, Matty? I'm sure Andy remembers as well. Mike Tyson had a hype man back in the day. He reappeared about 15 years ago with Herbie Hyde. Steve Crocodile Fitch. He used to come in the ring with like a megaphone and everything. And that's basically what Bellew is for DAZN. He's a hype man. Yeah, he uh, he's just obviously uh, seeking uh, love and approval. You You just wonder who didn't love him as a child. Yeah, well, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. Uh, David Hay has been having his say on seconds out there. He says, nobody can stop Ngannou from killing Fury. Oh, bollocks, man. <laughs> he he's just David bad Hay, in here. David Hay doesn't even believe half the shit that he comes up with. I, think it's, I, I, that's, I certainly believe Tony comes up with some of the stuff just, just purely just to get a fucking bite out of folk. But he's out there saying the news that you know, that, that was the greatest knockout in 2023 so far. That one there last night. I, I, I named them fucking three back in response that were fucking far better against far better opponents who weren't on a week's notice. Yet here we have Tony Bellew, ex-professional boxing champion, telling us that that's knockout of the year. And we ain't, we ain't louder than opinion mates because they're putting name with a fucking carrot. <laughs> Uh, that could be an impression of Jason Chukwu who's coming at uh, six minutes past ten, talking to hype men. Here he is. He's finally turned up. His stream will be freezing soon, uh, no doubt. Um, Conor McGregor he doesn't even look like him. Didn't even think that was him. Delighted, Forge Stout. The world's the world's premier stout is officially on board this weekend's Joshua versus Hilarious event on Zone Boxing. Thanks to the notorious MMA for his continued support. What's, what's his deal there, by the way? What's, what's, what's his club? I mean, what, no, but what, what's he tying me Eddie here and that? Has he got some sort of stake or is he just promoting or what's he doing? That's Just promoting, just, isn't he? Just, just shifting tickets for Eddie and then promoting his own brand. But I tell you, he's looking RAF, isn't he, McGregor? <laughs> he is, like... <laughs> he's I had mean, a bit of work done, hasn't he? <laughs> I, I more than one, mate, but, but he's just not looking healthy whatsoever, mate. The skin's looking that blot, that kind of, like, yellow way, mate. You know, he's obviously on the... I'm not going to say it, but you, you know what I'm talking about. He's on a, mm. you know, a few of the protein shakes and some uh, Coca-Cola, shall we say. Well, he was definitely enjoying himself at ringside. Uh, Hatton managed to get this uh, clip of Connor uh, during the fight. <laughs> Shadow boxing under the ropes, no Why does he tell him that's not acceptable, <laughs> by the way? 
<laughs> he was, you see, you he see was fighting an invisible mascot. <laughs> you, you used to see them, Steve. Eh? You, see, you, you, you sit ringside, the, you've got the camera like panning into the crowd before like, a fight starts, and it zooms in, and you've got some fucking young muppet standing there, fucking shadow box in front of the camera. You're like, fucking hell. But this, this fucker. I just think, you know, did you see it was with Peter Sutcliffe there last night as well? Peter Sutcliffe. Sutcliffe. What's his name? What was his name? Sutcliffe. Phil Sutcliffe. Phil Sutcliffe. Peter Sutcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Phil Sutcliffe. Man, he's sitting there standing there enjoying the pints with Cookie Corner there last night, man. Peter Sutcliffe is a uh, Frank Bruno's mate, isn't he? Do you remember, wasn't it, that Jimmy Savile set him up, didn't he? And Frank accidentally shook hands with Peter Sutcliffe. Do you remember the infamous photograph? Oh, God, I. I'll have to try and fish it out. Frank oh, Bruno was raging about, about that, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was going to happen to AJ at one point. He went up camping with his garden like Bruno at some point. Man, <laughs> he's gone as well. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Oh, dear. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Joe Kennedy, through in the questions earlier, has alerted us to Alex Jahani. He says, apparently to DAZN Boxing, DAZN Group, cancelling your subscription is English for disable auto renewal. Cancelled my plan months ago, but I'm still being charged month by month with no form of customer service being able to explain their reasoning. No number available. Someone needs to get the ombudsman after Eddie, <laughs> says Joe Kennedy. They're having a mare with DAZN. Matty, are you still signed up to DAZN? Uh, yeah, yeah, I just have nothing to do. How much are you paying a month for that shit or a year? I don't know, like 25 a month or some shit like that. It's a lot. It's like, the thing, you know, here's the tough thing about, like, I constantly explain, like, you go out and you have one drink and you're at, you know, six, seven, t- over $10 if you're getting, like, a premium cocktail. I, you know, watch fights a couple of times a week and, you know, it's like cost me like five, six bucks a week. I mean, it's stay in, don't spend money. There's the photo I was referring to. He's a bastard, wasn't he, Savile? <laughs> he would wing Frank into shaking hands with the Yorkshire Ripper, a notorious English serial killer, uh, Matty, in, in some, some mental asylum. <laughs> oh, poor Frank, man. We need to find Frank's fucking response to that, by the way. <laughs> he was raging. I was reading about him. Oh, came, came out, I was like, remember the Johnny Nelson thing where he phoned the police about the dog? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to go and pull that screenshot up somewhere. Dude, dude looks like the freaking biker guy from Bloodsport. <laughs> oh dear, he's not someone to be messed with anyway. Like a bushwhacker for WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Shell suit at all. You have, to, you have to be bald, wouldn't you, basically? We're looking Steve, I, can bald. Make it, I can make it that phone number there, by the way. I know, but I'll just read it out quickly and then we'll, <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> uh, Joseph says, Johnny Fisher, I'm going to take this title to my granddad's grave and he's going to be the proudest man that ever lived. <laughs> That right Patridge moment that way. Oh dear. Shout out to Johnny Fisher. Uh, Kevin Johnson becomes Russian. It changes his name to honour Vladimir Putin. We mentioned that one earlier. They are, Matty. He's no longer a citizen of yours. He's moved on. Uh, he's wanting that bag. Eat a dick, safety pin. Oh, poor safety pin. 21 losses on the record now. It might be 22 uh, come Saturday. Someone who's not used to losing is Clarissa Shields. She's talking about, I think it was Charlo Canelo, actually. She says, I don't like the matchup because size matters, but shit skills, grit, that unwilling to lose mindset matter too. So if I can conquer a giant, so can twin Charlo. Let's get his ass. Dare to be great. Team Charlo, motherfuckers. She manages to insert herself into every single narrative, doesn't she? If she can conquer a giant, uh, Matty, then so can Charlo against Canelo. 
Which giant has she conquered? Well, that's what I was wondering. Now maybe Iba Habazin or that moment against uh, that moment in the Crawford dressing room. Oh my word! Talk about my uh, you know, even even Crawford didn't even acknowledge your mind. Just fucking stood there, stoic. I don't know. Hold the quote. Uh, on to Spencer Fearon. Can't remember who threw this one in, but apparently uh, the auto. What is it? The auto subtitles oh, called okay. him Spencer Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, allegedly, allegedly, Spencer, <laughs> allegedly, Dilly Face for the drugs test. <laughs> By all, allegedly, not just one, <laughs> a few. <laughs> Malk, loving life. <clears throat> uh, Floyd Mayweather talking about Naoya Inoue says, even though he got the victory over Stephen Fulton, Fulton is not a heavy puncher. Nonito Denaire was giving him fits in the first fight. If I'm not mistaken, Denaire was close to 40, so he should have knocked him out in the first fight. What I need Inoue to do is come to fight in the USA. Random blood and urine testing. I think he's a hell of a fighter. He takes a lot of stuff from my playbook. But it's okay. You're supposed to take from the greats. I would like to see him fight Javante Davis and a catchweight. He's a, he's a salty bastard, isn't he? Having uh, all he, that money and being so bitter. He kind of, he kind of, he, he just he hates to see anybody doing well, mate. <laughs> my God, or even potentially even better number. What's this? Uh, this uh, again, this is the thing about what was it that was going on about the drug testing. Yeah. This this was this was Fulton's team that and they're also going to put the gloves or the um, the hand wrap and that right. type of thing. Right. And of course it quickly becomes factual amongst certain communities. So um yeah, what can you say, mate? He must be a miserable bastard, Floyd. He's got all the money, but he's just got no friends, has he? Like sitting there stewing all the time with his fancy cars and that. I, I don't know, he's he's dead salty. <sighs> I mean it just it, it does seem a bit of a lonely existence, a bit Fucking do you do, man? You're sitting there, sitting about all day with all, all that cash, all those houses, all those cars. You're like, fuck, man, I'm still bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Fowler's loving life. He's not in the ring anymore, but he's turned up on a billboard. Uh, I can't remember where this was, actually. It's not a Stoke, maybe. Trusted by the best. Loved by all. Supreme CBD. They are a trust pilot as well. It's trusted by the best. Loved by all. Matty, are you getting a bit of Supreme CBD over there in the US of A? Yeah, I live in a legal weed, st- weed state. I just smoke pot like an adult. You really find out where that place is, Steve. You just Google that fucking street address. Here. Was it Gleb- oh, yeah. Glebdale Road? Glebdale Road. Yeah, let's have a look, shall we? This is not my handiwork, by the way, for this. Be, Stoke on Trent, they asked. He was Stoke, told you. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be no far for Aussie. Aussie should go in there and fucking vandalise that fucking bad. <laughs> go and spray over it. <laughs> Uh, Jason Chukwu wants on the call. I don't think I can let you on now, Chukwu. I can't. Yeah, but when I get to bed, Chukwu. Yeah, sorry. I'm calling Rob to come up here. By the way, he can come on. Trying to get on before Rob comes back. <laughs> Shout out to Rob. Uh, one final video I have got. AJ. He's got a problem with Hellenius and they're beefing. Hellenius had the temerity to stare at him during the pre-fight. Stare down. Seriously, they're from Hawaii. There's no way shit here don't matter. People we're gonna fight now, we're gonna fight tomorrow. Either way we're gonna fight. All this acting up here don't really mean shit to me unless you're gonna fight here now. You know what I'm trying to say? Let's stay calm and stay cool. Stay cool. <laughs> what was that? What was that? You got a problem with me? Why are you staring at me? We're, we're going to have a fight tomorrow night, AJ. 
<laughs> By the way, what was that Godfather fucking tune violin all about? Like, woke, man. What the fuck was all that about? What was that all about, man? Oh, dear. It's crazy, isn't it, man? Yeah. The descent into madness is always uh, a curious one to watch from the outside. But he's, 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 he's fucking getting wound up about a steel gun, man. He's trying to motivate himself, isn't he? I don't think he knows what to do. Like, I do worry about his mental capacity, to be honest. I'm concerned about him, Matty, you know? Yeah, I mean, potentially. You get punched in the head enough times, and then you uh, you know, also have like maybe a fragile psyche. That could be a really shitty thing to experience. If somebody gave you his number tonight, Matty, and told you to give him a ring and check in on him, make sure he's all right, what would you say to him? I, I would say to him, uh, don't fight Deontay Wilder. We don't want you to end up in a coma or with dementia by the age of 40. And maybe play the goat clip to show him exactly what had happened if he did. Absolutely. It's like, he's like, do you know what you're going to sound like in 20 years if you fight Deontay Wilder? <laughs> and that's the only sound you're going to be able to make. And he would be frightened into submission. And he might just hang it up. <sighs> he might hang it up indeed. Those are all the ones I've got, Andy. What have you got to add to the party? <laughs> well, obviously, you know, that, 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 that tremendous advert for a... Uh... <coughs> for boxing, watching Conor McGregor chasing Anthony Joshua like she was like he was a singles woman at the bar with a fucking pint, making sure she drank it. Yeah, get that out of your neck. Fucking poor bastard of the show. Anything could have been that. You could be sitting there spite the cocaine in his system, Joshua Freud, you know, isn't that? Silly boy. So you got to be, you got to know better than that, mate. Also, a guy on Facebook, Steve, I don't know if I tagged it into the uh, to the Bellevue account, but for a guy on Facebook. I think it was a boxing scene account. Oh, and s- some of the comments on that uh, on that link, mate, were just fucking phenomenal. So you got a guy here called Imani Mumbai Bahati, right? Quote: Probably AJ's best performance to date. The way he set up that right hand is the best display of ring IQ I've ever seen. And the fact is, I think you could even top Cranford's Cranford's stoppage against Spence. That being said. <laughs> Deontay Wilder will comfortably outbox him and probably make him no mass after the second round. So it was not so much the ending, but that that, that that comment about the ring IQ was like, oh, that was just what sells it to me, mate. So ring IQ for that one. The Godfather violin. Yeah, yeah. Pugilist really, gump. Yeah. <laughs> that that Godfather tune really stoked the crowd up last night. Yeah, that really got the atmosphere going. Why did they do that? Katie Taylor made that mistake against Cameron. They just killed the atmosphere completely. I mean, as if Chisora Washington hadn't destroyed the crowd enough. They have a, She played the violin very well, but it's Aye. maybe not the time and the place. The missus walked in and says, you, I thought you were watching the boxing. I said, ah, I said what are you doing with the Godfather? She says, it's a fucking ring walk. Weird. Uh, I don't know if anybody caught that picture with McGregor and Ebony walking in there, but you've got IFL, um, IFL operating in the shadows there with the phone <laughs> and the photographs, <laughs> doing a guard there. Umar, come on now, hiding in the, in, you know, in the rafters, coming out with the phone, taking some fucking pictures and sneaking away again. That's just that's just <laughs> deviant behaviour, Umar. Come on now. Um, now, when the McGregor got, got, got off his choppers there last night, though, eh, after having to stay up and watch that shit, man, fuck's sake. Uh, probably having to do that shadow box just to try and keep yourself awake. <laughs> Eddie Hearn say going on about everyone loves the Bosch. Nah, Eddie, nah, 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 nah. Maybe if Ozzy was still here, maybe he'd fucking still love that Bosch, so who knows. And the mm. final one for me, Steve, I don't know if anybody caught our man here. I, I, I like um, the Greeters Guild, Troy, which is, I forget his surname, oh, Troy. Troy Hawk? So, 
Troy Hawk. I really like him actually. He's, he's, he's good crack. Anyways, he fucking winds up big big Delboy and big Delboy appears back. Obviously, I don't know if it's a setup or that. He says, I'll fuck you up. What is it? He, he calls him adorable. Or if you call me adorable again, and that's what does it what does Troy do? Cause my adorable, you're a very does nothing. Does nothing. <laughs> he says you like a big picnic blanket or something, didn't he? He says you're, you're a very frightening tablecloth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it's a 10-9 round to Troy right there, by the way. Didn't even move, good. mate. Didn't even move it. He even had the Roy Jones defense man, hands behind the back and everything, mate. Didn't he give a fuck? <laughs> didn't he give a fuck? He's ready to Glenn Kelly him. <laughs> Del Boy done nothing. Nothing. So one for Troy Hawk there, man, just making up Del Boy as well. Uh, that was the most aggression Del Boy showed all weekend. Matty, any nominations from you, please? Yeah, I think I got to give one to Roy Jones Jr., who in interviews uh, is consistently saying, you got to remember that Inouye lost to Donaire. Um, okay. <laughs> a simple fact check is going to prove you wrong here. Look at that. It bothered Andy so much. <laughs> he disappeared, for sake. <laughs> it's going to be me, you, and the goat at this rate. <laughs> This is fucked up. Well, we'll see who the goat vote goes for this. Be sure to ask him. Um, but anyways, uh, let's see here. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks to all those. Maybe and he will come back. Here he is. He's, there we go. He's rejoined us. He's back with us. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Just I clicked the wrong one. No problem. Uh, so we had all the nominations. We had AJ talking about his sexual activity. We had uh, Eddie earlier shitting on Hellenius. We had AJ. You got a problem. We had Conor McGregor uh, punching at ringside. We also had Eddie distancing himself from his good friend, Dillian White. Doesn't know anything about him. We had the Black Cock, um, like <laughs> liking the Black Cock on Twitter. We had uh, Tony Bellew, no lies, honesty at all times, and his general activity and antics last night. We had David Hay for talking shite as usual. We had uh, Conor McGregor again for the Forged Stout. We had Alex Jahani trying to uh, leave the DAZN Hotel California. You can sign up, but you can never leave. We had Johnny Fisher taking the uh, belt to his granddad's grave, which doesn't sound so funny in hindsight, but it was funny at the time. Uh, Kevin Johnson becoming Russian has also been nominated. We had the Goat. We had Spencer Funeral. We had Floyd being bitter about Inui. And we had Trusted by the Best, Loved by All, Supreme CBD. Shout out to them and Anthony Fowler. Who are you going for this week, Andy? It's got to be AJ, mate. Got to be multiple offences getting offended by a stare down that he's done multiple times over his fucking life. Um, yeah, jumping into the crowd. I, I, I thought I really thought he was going to nail some cunt when he jumped out of there for something, you know, slightly then fist bump everybody. McGregor coming running there, like, get this out of your neck, mate. Have a fucking drink of this. I thought it was a Muslim AJ as well. That's not going to go down too well with uh, fucking hell. So maybe he's, maybe he's not a fully committed one. Who knows? He hadn't got much choice, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anything, Andy, he should be fully committed. Well, he is, though. Here's the funny thing. I was I was watching some woman's comments on the, on, on the Twitter about it and that, and she's AJ, you fucking muppet. You could be slipped a roofie in there or something like that. <gasps> it could have been PED laced. Yeah, he's going to go backstage and piss off. Could have been, but he could have woke up in his dressing room with fucking McGregor in a tap here, mate. They're right there, lad. What's happening? <laughs> oh, dear. Fair enough. That's a good one for AJ. I, I don't know who you got, you're going for, Matty. I think I would have gone for Bellew, although it seems a bit um, seems a bit unfair now going for Tony with his own award. Who are you going for? Yeah, I, I feel like you either have to say, like, the matchroom card collectively or the collective works of AJ. So we'll just call it the collective works of AJ. Yeah, but it was an alcohol-free uh, drink he had last night, actually. But, you know, would you see McGregor had, had that filled with alcohol-free fucking stout? Who knows what it would have been filled with uh, by the state of him at ringside, Under? 
Oh, mate. Oh, the thing is, Bill U's got to be in, in with a strong contention for the commentary as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll give it to AJ this week. Congratulations. Yeah. He might be ca- he's carrying the heavyweight division. He might not be carrying any belts around his waist, but he has won the belly of the week for episode 535. Congratulations to you, AJ. And that is where we shall end it. Um, thanks to Ozzy for coming on. Thanks to Rob as well. Thanks to our lone super chatter. I think it was Jamie, was it? Yeah, it was. It was Jamie for throwing in 199. Also, shout out to John O'Donovan, who's been a member of the Patreon right from the beginning. He has increased his pledge this week. He's enjoying himself over at patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum so much. He's increased his pledge. He's in the Nutters group as well with the Prediction League. Matty, what's going on over there with the Prediction League at the moment? I think we had Maestre, Trayvon Marshall and Valdez Navarrete in this week. How did you get on? Uh, I, I got uh, Navarrete correct, but not the method. I think I took him by uh, by stoppage and uh, obviously didn't get Maestre right, or I would have been bragging that one up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when the standings come up, see how far uh, Mr. Kennedy came, because obviously somebody has to give uh, Mr. <laughs> Butters a run for his money. Yep, they're enjoying themselves over there. If you want to join them, patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. It supports the pod, keeps the lights on, and you have a bit of fun as well in the Nutters group and the Prediction League and all the other things as well. A shout out to Hatem. He says, nice one, lads. Cheered me up after an incident with some rent boys. So hopefully everything's all right with you, Hatton, James as well. Shout out to AP. And I saw MB in earlier as well, alongside Cedric Sniff. Matty will be in the hot seat next week for episode 536. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We might get to 8,000 subscribers before we finish. Who knows? I've been Steve Wellings. Thanks to you all for listening. We'll catch you all again, same time, same place, next weekend. And bye. We'll never forget. Yeah, we just got that We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I'm not a metaphor, so I ain't gonna fight me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum, you're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has, 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 failed, has failed a test. Seven year old. Seven year old. I will fucking smash fucking you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. Simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.